Brent Anderson. Snap back. They give it off to Anthony Grant. Picks his way to the left. Inside the 40, 35, 30. Breaks the tackle. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody is thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Three eligible to the near side. Back to throw is Morgan. It's hit drop. Oh, he got drilled at the 18-yard line. Ty Robinson's second sack of the year. I think he took his shoes off with that hit. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in. Game day eve, Nebraska, Michigan State in East Lansing. Going back on the road are the Huskers. And they need one more win to get to a bowl for the first time since 2016. Will this fan base and the team be celebrating a bull berth on Saturday night? Well, stay tuned and find out. Got a good show for you today to get you all ready for another game day weekend. I'm Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry, Mike Schaefer, uh, from Husker 24-7 in studio with us. Kevin Suits will be along a little bit later on the show as well. We'll give away helmet stickers. We'll have fantasy Huskers keywords for you. We'll count down the five Husker things that you're going to be talking about this weekend. We'll tell you a little bit about Michigan State in opposition, disposition, and of course, we will have the picks at the end of the show to tell you what is going to happen during the course of this weekend. So with that, we say hello to our other co-hosts, Caleb Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Good I'm happy morning. like for the way this has gone on Friday Husker tailgate since I've been here. Uh, yeah. Usually by this point in the season we're going, man, can they can they get a couple more? And right now we're saying there's four games to go. I know Matt Rule wants to get more than one, but let's start with one. Yes. Yeah, uh, Mike, it's been a slog in November in the past, and uh, a year ago we were spending most of the three hours talking about a coaching search. That was yeah, uh, we were going through your uh, your analytics, the uh, the Jack yes. Mitchell analytics, which still not entirely sure how those are comprised. Or, <laughs> the hotness factor. I need to, I need to go back. I need to go back and look at that list. I don't know if I had Matt Rule even on that or not. I can't remember. No, you had him on there, but Did he I? wasn't a heavily discussed person until probably mid November. Yeah. Well. Nonetheless, it's a lot better to be uh, talking about and anticipating games in this way. It's just not something the fan base uh, or we've been able to do for quite some time. So it's nice to be there. And guys, I want to open this up, and I want to I, I want to do something that we don't do enough, and that's when we start conversations about this team instead of beginning with uh, issues that we may have with the offense or the turnover or anything. We are going to start with the defense today. The defense deserves to start the conversation at this point, and it doesn't happen enough, and it's my own fault sometimes. We are going to start with the defense today. I want to ask you guys this question. Um, Could you have, I I guess, uh, my, my question for you is, was it possible to feel more good about Nebraska's defense prior to the Purdue game? And since the Purdue game has happened, do you feel more good about Nebraska's defense, or is it were you already there before the game? Did I, anything change? I, I think we we still feel pretty good, but there were a number of times during the game that it, it was pointed out while we were watching, and then Rule echoed it on on Monday. There were a lot of drops, like there there were a lot of things that should have 
gone against Nebraska that just didn't. Second and long, third and long, and then their receiver drops it. And then so Nebraska gets the ball back, and it's another good stop. So I think you still feel really good about Nebraska's defense. They got some takeaways, and and they really limited, held, held them under both 100 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. That's really hard to do even with the other team helping you. But I think there's a lot of places where Nebraska didn't have to stress in that game because of the other team's ineptitude for a, for a large portion of it. Wow, look at you kind of raining on the parade here. I'm, like, just, I'm saying about that, to, I'm trying to have a coronation segment, no, and the, you all of a sudden are coming in here and like, well, it's because Purdue dropped a lot of passes. Yeah, the, the defense did play Jeez. really, really well, but they also got helped. Wow, Mike. Uh, you can go ahead and throw some pomp and circumstance on. I'll I'll join you. With that right <laughs> Good. Now. This is I should have started with you. So, <laughs> what I'm excited about with this defense is you have guys that haven't even begun to play their best football yet that look like they're starting to to break out a little bit as players. I mean, whether it's Jamari Butler who's put together, you know, I thought a pretty strong October. Um, you know, whether it's Tommy Hill as a takeaway in each of the last three games, four total, uh, a guy that feels like he's kind of coming into his own. My favorite play of the entire day on Saturday was the two-point conversion where he had the breakup because it felt like, you know, it, it, it didn't, you didn't think Purdue was going to come back. And, you know, it was one of those things, if you can keep it a three-score game, it's huge for your team. He mm-hmm. was able to keep it a three-score game. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because it was kind of the only time of the day where they had, like, real pressure on him. Yeah, to do something. Yeah, you know, and so they. That's true. You got to give Hudson Card some credit for extending that play and dropping that pass just over Phelan Sanford's mm-hmm. outstretched uh, arm. Yep. But um, you know, so they they come down, they score, and I thought Tommy Hill made a great play there. He had a great jump on that interception yeah. in the fourth quarter. Like that could have been a touchdown if he wanted it to be. Um, and so I I'm excited because there's pieces that are starting to really kind of emerge into their own potential. And you're mixing that in with guys like John Bullock that are just like so rock steady. Like I, you know, we'll have our helmet sticker segment at one point in the first quarter last week. I was like, I'm just probably going to end up giving John Bullock a helmet sticker <laughs> because all he's doing right now is tackling as clean as possible. And I don't mean like the, the way that people want you to tackle to eliminate head injuries. I just mean he's shooting gaps and cutting guys down like two yards into the play and yeah. it has no chance of going anywhere. Yeah. And he's doing it by himself. And so like they're just they're getting these great performances. Um and Caleb's absolutely right. I mean Purdue has helped out uh with several of the drops. Um, you know, there's there's certain things that are gonna happen, but you're also playing college teams. Like this is this is kind of what happens. Nebraska's dropped the ball how many times it feels like in critical situations. So it to me, those things always kind of balance out. What Nebraska can control is its effort, its execution, and I don't know that it's been better than it was on Saturday. Ten first downs, <clears throat> only, uh, and two of them were by penalties, so eight actual gained first down, two on the ground, six uh, on the, in the air for Purdue. Uh, as Caleb said, under 100 yards in both rushing and passing, giving up 96 pretty yards rare. per rush, 99 yards passing. Hudson Card goes 17 for 33 with two picks, and yeah, with the disclaimer that there were some, some interceptions in there, but I still think Hudson Card's a pretty good quarterback at this point, and I guess... One of the things that I came into this game concerned about was when Nebraska did play some decent passing teams earlier this year, it's felt like there were 
sometimes there were a lot of open receivers uh, in, in those intermediate routes. And there was ju- it just kind of was a, the style of the defense, and I was afraid a good passing quarterback might might gouge Nebraska a little bit. That wasn't really there. Yes, there were a couple of times a guy squeezed open, might have might have had a drop, but that wasn't really there in this game. And so I was glad to see that ability to to cover um and and you know have have a lot of contested passes that were out there as well. And yeah, 1733, two interceptions. They got the takeaways this time. Um they you know, didn't quite get as many takeaways as Purdue got from Nebraska, but they got they got those as well. And you know what else do you say now about how they, how they match up with the rest of the schedule? You're going you're you're going to go against three offenses um, that are varying levels of okay or not good yeah. at this point, mm-hmm. and so. And then you're going to go against Maryland, who I, at one time I thought was was particularly good, but they dropped another game to Northwestern now at this point, and they're giving up points, which is more of an issue for them. So I don't, <clears throat> I kind of put that one in a different category than the rest of them. But yeah, it, it's 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 a broken record in terms of in terms of what we're saying, where it's it's kind of like, hey, you know, I don't know how many what the point the official number is, but in most of these games, it feels like. It feels like you get to 20, you should be all right in most of these. Mm-hmm. It feels like you know, 20, 21, you're going you're gonna to be okay. If you get to that from a point total, it's hard to see this defense specifically giving up more than three touchdowns or more than 20 points. Well, I thought after Nebraska teams. scored their first touchdown last week that that, that should have been enough that to win the it. game. That might be it. And, and, and honestly, had there not been the, the fumble, that just felt like that was bound to happen after... Harburg got rocked, yeah. and then on the next play has the fumble, and then you put in Jeff Sims, and they have the the return, and that ends up being their fourteen points. But without those things happening, where it was Nebraska's offense either putting the defense in a bad position or just giving up points themselves, seven points would have been enough on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it it, it would have been. Um, and we get to what we said again. <laughs> this team can't continue to turn it over. Although maybe they can. I, I, maybe we don't. They have <laughs> defied football logic in a way that is inexplicable all year long. So I don't know at this point. I it's know. Going to change. I, I, I need to keep saying. I keep. I keep going to the game <laughs> saying if they can cut down turnovers, they need to cut down turnovers. They won't keep getting away with this. Maybe they will. Maybe they will keep getting away with All this. right, Upman going to return the ball. Oh, no, Upman tried to return I mean, the ball. At this point, the only concern is that if the turnover happens is that it's an actual, like happened against Purdue, a scoop and score or a pick six or something where they actually score points. That mm-hmm. seems to be the only way it's particularly disastrous at that point. But, I mean, what do you even say about the fumble? There, there's a part of me that's just like, well, this, the fumbles are just going to come. It's a cost of doing yeah. business with this team, I guess. It, it's frustrating because you know that it's one of the things they emphasize. You know, it's something they talk about. You know, they've been talking about this since the first day they've worked together. Like, it, you know, every team starts everything with ball security. And at this point, we just have to acknowledge Nebraska is just not going to be able to uh, protect the ball well enough. Like, they're it's crazy. It, you know, it sounds insane, but yeah. I think you almost have to go in with the attitude that they're going to have one and a half turnovers a game. And if you can keep it closer to that one number or the two. <laughs> I mean, they have not five. Get to five right? They have five listed fumbles on Saturday, and that doesn't even include the one that should have probably been called on Anthony Grant when he was laying on a pile and the ball got ripped. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that is a lot of times the ball got put on the ground. Five fumbles, lost four. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, teams go an entire season without losing four fumbles. Nebraska did it in four quarters. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's man. you know it's it's 
crazy, and you just hope that it doesn't come back to bite them in a big way in a big situation. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where it's at. And the other thing is they have to just sort of acknowledge it and continue to move forward because, you know, they pass fumbles can't beat you unless right. they did, which they did against Minnesota and they did against um, Colorado. Colorado. But yeah. you just have to move forward, and, um, you know, we'll see how they do against a Michigan State team that wants to turn it over as much as Nebraska does. Hey, here's this, though. The, the fumble's clear issue. But for Nebraska, and granted they only have 11 official pass attempts on the day, that's their first Big Ten game this year without an interception, without wow. throwing an interception. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that would be the case. So, yeah, 6 for 11. <laughs> so Got it done. We're really lighting up the skies, but 6 hey, for 11. And I owe you lunch. You do. 11. They Yeah, they did uh did not rely heavily on the pass and, you know, didn't did although they still got 122 yards out of it thanks to Jalen Lloyd. Is anybody going to cover that play this is somebody going to be ready for that play this year? Well, if you run defense the way Purdue did, which you're really trying to eliminate the quarterback run game by putting that safety there. I mean, you leave yourself wide open for those yeah. kinds of throws. I so. mean, that ball I I can't, I don't know what it was like in the press press box where you guys could see Jalen Wood right away at the beginning, mm-hmm. but even on TV when the first time I got a glimpse of where he was and how open it was, it felt like that ball was in the air for a half hour coming down like come down in the right place. Catch it, Jalen. Here's your moment. Yeah, I mean, it. Like I, I'm sure Caleb's uh, the same thing up in the box. Like you just watched it open up, and all you're thinking is just like put it somewhere in the area code. You yeah, know? like there's so much space for him. Yeah, like, don't throw him out of bounds. Don't throw it short. Yeah, um, and you know Harburg to his credit on on those throws have been he's pretty, hit him pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah, and then he had that throw to Jaden Doss early in the game that uh, felt like that could have been a nice play too. That ball was on the money. Yeah, what. What do you? Th- I'm, I'm curious, Mike. What do you think so far that you've got a chance now to see, um, kind of this different wide receiver core in action at post injury wide receiver core in action? I, I mean the 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 biggest thing. It's really kind of been a, some big plays to them, not like volume. Catches that's what they're going to be. Necessarily, I mean that's that's so. essentially what I think that they're going to be, and we've seen it now. Malachi Coleman had the 45 yarder. Um, Jalen Lloyd had what was it 50 something. Yes, yeah, seventy, I think. Something. Oh wow! So, yeah. um, you know, you you've hit on these big plays. Jaden Doss was down the field; they could have hit on another one. Mm-hmm. And so, I think they will on Saturday. It feels like a, the most obvious prediction in the world is that Jaden Doss will get his his big belly one. option yeah. uh, touchdown pass. <laughs> you get a belly option pass. <laughs> you get a belly option pass. Seventy three uh, yards, by the way. Yeah. So, wow. wow. Yeah. 70. Only, um, only one. One target had more than a single catch. Josh Fleeks had two. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Lloyd Doss. They, the best play that they ran all Ty day Hall was the Thomas one that Josh Fleeks. The, yeah. uh, the around, kind yeah, of Just really quick, really easy, thing. easy throw. I was surprised they didn't go back to that. And it was yeah. almost maybe they're like, all right, we know this is good. We know we can run it. Let's put it away for now. And for all the times um, I and other Nebraska fans have complained about Nebraska not just, just not getting that bounce, they got a couple of bounces, too. The one fumble... Um, well, both of them ended up in Quentin Newsom's hands. Yeah. Somehow, Quentin Newsom ends up with the the one fumble that Nebraska didn't lose. The punt in that game on the punt, and the I still punt. I still can't quite figure that out. How he how that ball popped out and Nebraska ended up with it and not Purdue. They reviewed it and gave it to Nebraska. Um, Before then, it popped out, though, what what happened with the uh, the punt returner? Yes, the punt. Ret- I think I've I've admitted it three times now. I was. <laughs> 
I was absolutely Probably not enough. I was I was I lost an argument in the most spectacular way that you can lose an argument where Kevin and Mike were saying maybe it was worth being concerned uh, about losing Billy Kemp. I, you got to give a ton of credit to Kevin, though, because I hadn't even thought of it. And then he starts talking about the swirling winds and Billy Kemp being gone. And I was like, oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> and I and then you're I looking at us like trust, we're crazy. I just put my put my trust that Bullock, I'm sure, had returned a, you know, a million punts before in his career. And so it wouldn't be a big deal. And the first one he drops. There was a phenomenal I went to bat for him. Punt return setup in I think the four was it, I know it was in the second half, but Purdue punts it, and I can't remember who was back, but I think it was one of Nebraska's linebackers. And as soon as that oh Henrich, ball, yeah Henrich was back there. As soon as that ball's coming down, everyone just runs to the sideline, <laughs> like the whole punt return crew went. Yep, that ball's coming down. See? Sure is. Let's get out of here. They didn't. They didn't need an <laughs> Iowa uh, punt returner to wave him off even to no. do a fair catch in that. Uh, but and then and then that field goal. I mean, that blocked field goal could not. It looked like it was a little over the shoulder pass to Quentin Newsom, just going down like that and uh, and taking it back the other way. Uh, speaking of special teams, Mike, I heard you say something earlier this week on one of your many appearances on various <laughs> medias. Uh, I think it might have been your own podcast, but I thought it was really. I thought you were. I hadn't thought of it. And you were really right. That fifty-five yard field goal for Tristan Alvano is. Big in more than the three points, I sure, think, that, yeah. it, that it gives you. Number one, obviously, for Alvano and continuing to build his confidence. But I feel like field goals are going to be probably important in the next few games. And yeah, to know especially. That, and to know that's at least a club that you've got going forward, um, that's going to be a big deal in the yeah. way the rest of the season is going to go, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, if, if you just know by getting to the 35 you have a chance for points... Um, it changes the equation of how you might call things. It changes the equation of what you know, what matters. It changes the equation at the end of the half when you have the ball and there's 25 seconds left and you're on your own 35. It makes you feel like you have an opportunity to put points on the board. And so I think that changes, again, how you, how you want to play, and it might be really important. I mean, when you play Iowa and Wisconsin and you're stuck, and how many times in recent years have we seen Nebraska stall out you know, right around the start of the 40-yard line or the 35 going in, and they're just not able to get any further. But if you have a kicker that can, you know, it's not going to happen every time he kicks it from right. over. But at least give you a chance. But he gives you the, the chance, you and know he it drilled that kick. Yeah, I mean, he, probably he had absolutely five drilled that. He and had I don't even so think much room to spare. No. Yeah. It, it felt like that was going to be good, whether it was a, you know, completely calm day or if even with the wind behind him, like it was just yeah. absolutely true. Alex Henry at home taking a deep breath there saying, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I learned, I don't remember who's told me, but I, I assumed it was second, but I had never actually asked. That's the yeah. second kick in terms of distance for Nebraska at Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Well, and both of them, there, there's one man who has been on the opposite end of both of those. Because Purdue's oh, yeah. head coach was playing for Colorado. That's right. When Alex Henry hit the fifty-seven yarder, was he? He was still on the team then. My goodness. Are yeah. we prepared for a world where Purdue becomes everyone's least favorite Big Ten team? Wow. I was see. I was not at the game. I was. It felt like people in the stadium who could see the game were more sort of aggressively frustrated. It started well before the game. It continued throughout the game. And then you hear the players talk and there's some real saltiness about what was being said and what was happening in piles. And I mean, I don't know if like, 
I'd never regarded Illinois this way. Maybe that's how Ryan Walters had things going last year, and it just never really came up. But, man, there was some real unhappiness. Caleb had a tweet where he referred to some of the dirty play, and he got a player who that liked the tweet. Yeah. There, there, yeah I was, I was, <laughs> was it Vincent Carroll Jackson? Yes, it was. Yeah. He was on a liking rampage. No, he, 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 he like every tweet I had, it was like Vincent Carroll Jackson was popping up as <laughs> okay, having liked maybe, maybe he didn't even read it then. Maybe he was, yeah, just, that's how it felt. Maybe he was just in a great mood. I'm not sure exactly. I also had a Damian. Daniels came in and liked one of my tweets. There you go. Yeah. Nice job. Nobody ever likes mine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the, the volleyball players like yours. Caleb, what would... I mean, obvious, bull eligibility huge. That's kind of the focus right now, and Matt Rule hasn't wanted to talk about it a lot. But, it, it, but like, how big a deal is this if they get this, whether it's this week or, you know, in a week or two or, or something like that? But especially if they would pull it off this week. Um, why, like... How big of an accomplishment of this, and how significant is it in the program? Do you think? I think it just feels like you've made progress. I think I think people can see that the coaching staff is changing whatever they have to change on the offensive side for the team to be successful. And it seemed like there were times in the past that you would go, "No, this is kind of what we want to do. We might have to flip some things depending on who the quarterback is healthy and all those things." But kind of this this is the standard. This is what we want to do, and it didn't really fit the players that were there. I go back to running Wandale Robinson four plays in a row between the tackles. Like, you just kind of said, this is what we want to do, hell or high water. This coaching staff on offense, and I think, I, I don't know that Coach Satterfield is going to get enough credit at the end of the year for what he's done. He will done. not. It'd be for, for what he's done, especially because he'll go through and it'll be, oh, we called, th- Mike pointed it out really well a few games ago, three consecutive pass plays, why didn't they run it once? Well, all three of those plays were drops or just a complete miss by the quarterback. So I think what they've done offensively to change up is going to is so well done that this is going to pay off down the road. But what that's showing is there's progress. This coaching staff is looking at what's available, what's the best way to win, and they're getting those wins. And you just feel like, okay, the program is going in the right direction. There's, yeah, there's a potential for the bowl game. There's we're we're in November. And they're in the they're in the division race mm-hmm. to go to the Big Ten title game. Now this would be completely different without divisions, of course. But but like they're in the race. This is a feeling that Nebraska hasn't had in several years. So and then especially when you compare, uh, I'll have a clip for it in sound off. But Matt Rule's year one here compared to year two's at his other collegiate stops, you feel like you're ahead of schedule. And and Rule had talked about that he felt like they were ahead of schedule. But getting the one. Hopefully tomorrow, but if it's in a week, cool. But you're ahead of where you felt like you needed to be with a new coaching staff coming yeah. in. Yeah. Mike, I think people don't know how to react because the outcome, the, the season is going to be better than most people predicted, most likely, right? Kind of a baseline was was six wins. Maybe some more optimistic people said seven wins. Uh, there's a lot of people who said fewer than that. And so this this is going to end up being probably better than a lot of people expected in terms of the win-loss record. It's just not happening how anyone expected sure. it to. And people like don't know how to react to that, I think. Like when they were picturing, you know, six wins in a bowl game, this was not the way that they were picturing it. Um, with, because you just didn't know the defense was this good. Right. And, you and didn't then know the offense would have these issues. There's been a lot of like, it, it, I noticed it a lot on the message boards. I don't know how often it's come up for you guys on Twitter or your various platforms where you're talking about Nebraska football, but people really want to tell you how bad the schedule is <laughs> yes, and i yes. i just don't care right. like they could play the worst schedule in the country 
and it does not matter to me because what does matter is they're winning games with their backup quarterback, their four-string running back, three backup offensive linemen, three true freshmen. Why Are you listening to these words, people mm-hmm. that keep bringing up the schedule? Yeah. yeah. Like what they're doing and how they're doing it with who they're doing it in the first year of a new coach I did, they could be playing Millard North every week, and it wouldn't matter to me. <laughs> Which and by and we're way, not talking about Fred Petito's 2002 Millard no, North no, either. No, we're not talking about the Eric Crouch years. No. Uh, and the other thing is, listen, they played all these teams. You know, who it might have been different teams, but they played you know bad Big Ten West teams right. every year. Right. But, and, I mean, well, they're they winning played, games that they haven't been winning. They played years. a Northwestern team and lost to them last year. Then yep. only won one game. Yeah. Which, by the way, how did Northwestern get better from last year to this year? They said, I, if that guy does not get the job, <laughs> oh I think Braun's a really good coach. How did? I, they, yes. How in the I mean, world? Did I that think they happen? have a chance to win this weekend too. Probably the Big Ten West champs, I would say at this point. <laughs> All right, we're going to grab a break right now with that thought. It's uh, still alive, I think. Uh, it's six twenty nine. We take a lot of things to happen. We'll get in. We'll get into the sound off uh, coming up here in Nebraska, Michigan State, right here on KLIN. Early start, 11 a.m., pregame at 7 here along the network. Coming up after this, sound off. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, 632. Uh, Mike, you are going to love fantasy Huskers this week. The, uh, uh, the, the category or the question is, given that you've got the third to last and uh, tied for both to third for last tied turnover, prone teams in the nation we are asking you when in the game does the first turnover of the game happen and so we have people giving us a quarter and a time remaining for what quarter or excuse me what time in the game that first turnover happens so let's get the keyword first caleb keyword for pick number nine east east e-a-s-t East. East. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Caleb, give us our range of picks so far. Uh, the earliest in the game, Mike Z says 10-40 in the first quarter. That's right. That's right about where my pick would have been. And, right in the neighborhood. And you said 10-13. Yeah, 10-13 is Yeah, 10-13 11-48. The <laughs> latest into the game... Nate has eight oh one second quarter. <laughs> Nobody's even gotten yep. halfway through the second quarter yet. Here's here's the thing. 
the last two games, the first turnover has occurred before the 14-minute mark has been hit. Yes. So, right. There's a lot of area still to work in. You, you, so you, yeah, that's an interesting question. Do you go on the front end or do uh, you front end of 10, 40, whatever it was, or do you go behind the uh, second quarter with eight something left in it with your pick? If there's no turnover at all, can you just you declare can, no turnover? Yes, you can pick that. No, I mean, we got to get somebody into the third or fourth quarter before we even think about that. But no, sure. yes, you can. That is an, an I, available I would lean pick. towards the no turnover at this point because conventional logic has been thrown out the, way, out the no window the way. entire season. There's no there. There's no way. <laughs> if if there's no turnover, if there are no turnovers between either team in this game, how, uh, uh, Nebraska by a million. All right, in this game. <laughs> also, also, what kind of plus money can we get at the Warhorse on that? That's a great question. <laughs> These seem like questions that's, that other people can answer. That that's a great prop. Uh, no chance in the world. I would absolutely, Mike. I take it feels like a plus eight hundred. I take kind of fourteen. Thing, right? I take fourteen minutes left. I'd pick fourteen hundred for Klin in the first quarter before I go. I think turnovers. Look, you either go real early or you don't go at all. Yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the these case. last two picks needs to go because the earliest being ten forty in the first quarter, you just got to say ten forty one. Yeah, yeah, the tenth pick. Yeah, that's what you do if you're the tenth pick. You either go yeah. one second that way or one second now, on the other side. This pick because you don't want to just last. you don't want to be locked into that yes, one second. One, you don't want one second. You probably need to split it and just say like thirteen yep. forty or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's the strategy. Or go like, uh, you know, like 14 minutes in the third quarter or something yeah, if you want to go in the other direction. Well, yeah, at that, at that point, that at that point, you just take uh Because his price is right, right? Yeah. Like once that six-minute mark hits in the second quarter, no turnover. Ru- no, it's, no, it's just closest. It's, it's closest. Okay. It does it. Yeah, it's closest. Yeah, but it's just closest. We tried prices right rules once, and I messed them up, and I've never lived that. Lived <laughs> that, lived I did that not down. understand prices right I rules. I messed at it all. up badly, and the listeners did you just fail horn him the entire segment. The, the listeners still remind me of it. And not, them, not only did he not understand him, he was convinced he understood it. Oh yeah, and then constantly <laughs> this is my favorite version of Jack. and then constantly explained it incorrectly. And so we're trying to correct him. Listeners are trying to okay. correct him. He goes, "Okay, I get it," and then still explains it wrong. Okay, <laughs> and you can just see him getting like worked not, up about it. Listen, like, yeah. we're not here to talk about the past. We're not. I'm like Mark McGuire. Yeah, I'm not here to Mark talk McGuire. about the past. All right, let's play some sounds so we can quit talking about this garbage. Uh, well, let's talk about the past a little bit. <laughs> Matt Rule talked about uh, comparing Nebraska year one to Temple and Baylor for him at his previous stops year two. You know, I, I think the difference there those years was um, we were very up and down week to week, right? Like, you know, we'd win a game. Like, Baylor's second year, we'd win a game, we'd lose a game. Like, we lost 66-33 at Oklahoma, and Lincoln Riley, the good man that he is, took, basically took a knee to not make it 70. Kyler Murray's the greatest player I've ever seen on the football field. Like, we, just, we hung in there for a long time, and they just took off. And then we came back the next week, and we beat Kansas, upset Kansas State. And then we, you know, go to West Virginia, we get our – brains beat in on a Thursday night and we come back the next week and we upset Oklahoma State so it was just we were very much like this like trying to learn how to win whereas these guys uh, and at Temple I can't remember the second year you have to forgive me I I think we had like a run we, I think we got off to a really good start I think we were 4-2 and, and then we just fought fought to get wins down the stretch I think the difference with these guys is they're much more they understand the process and they're much more process oriented right like these guys like they do exactly what we ask they are bought into what we're asking them to do um you know, and, and so my challenge to them has been like to, for the older guys, it usually takes longer for the older guys because it's like, well, we used to do this, now we do this, and it's not that they don't even want to do it; it's just hard for them. Whereas, like, 
Jalen Lloyd and Emmett Johnson, when they score, you know, we do this little X factor across the goal line we believe in, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I, I look at it like Christian McCaffrey does it, so you guys should do it. And uh, you see when Heimer scores, he does it. You see when Jalen scores, he does it. You see when uh, Emmett scores. So the, the young players, it's just kind of all they know, and this is the process. The older guys have to kind of learn a new process, and my challenge to them has been, man, double down on it one more time here and see what you can do. You know, see if you can go get another win this week. See if you can go 1-0. Truly be truly be 1-0 mindset, right? Truly, like, don't say, yeah, you know, we'd love to get X, Y, and Z done, but we're going to try to go 1-0 this week. Just truly, truly buy into that process of, man, what do we have to do this week to play well? So um, they're far ahead of where we were in our second years at, at Temple and Baylor. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because there was so much talk about, you know, kind of the three-year run that he went on in both of those places and how comparable. And, you know, I didn't ever necessarily think that was going to be how it's at uh, going to be at Nebraska. But, uh, yeah, that's not it'll, – it, it'll be interesting to see how next year progresses from this year and if at least the – if the hallmark of big improvement from one year to the next stay, continues for rule, if that's the real comparison other than sort of this three-year plan on this whole thing. Um, also, I had no idea they were doing the X thing around their chest when they – I mean, I, Heinrich Harburg, I always noticed when he had those long runs, he was really squeezing it tight when he went across the goal line, but I had no idea. Yeah, and that. then – I so I didn't pull up the clip, but he explains what it is, and you have the – the way you hold with one arm, you try to go for four points of, of pressure. With the other arm, you cover up. You create an X with your arms. So since, uh, like you talked about, since if Christian McCaffrey does it, he wants them to right. do it, and, like you can hold on to the ball. And I don't know if, if we have a clip about this, but uh, they're actually in practice. They're doing something where they get 11 points of pressure where you put one of your legs up now and wrap it around the ball as well to try and change this as well. And then you kind of hop. Mm. Um, it's a new it's a new thing. that was doesn't feel like it's going to be particularly successful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, fine. Play another clip. Rule talked about the offense. Well, on offense, because no one says much about, good about the offense right now, right? We're, 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 we're still first in the Big Ten in rushing. We're still first in the Big Ten in rushing yards per game. We're still first in the Big Ten in, in 10-plus yards rushing, 10-yard 10, 10 rushes, which I think is a pretty cool little stat I try to keep. So that, you know, like if you're normally doing that, people don't say how the O-line play, right? Like they, they kind of know, like, well, if you're first in rushing and you run the ball and people know you're running it and you're still first in rushing, you're probably pretty decent at something, right? Um, I asked the offense to get to in the 40s on third down. They did it, right? Um so, you know, I think there's, there's kind of those things. So when, anytime you're first in rush offense and you're first in rush defense, like what people say ugly I think is tough. Does that make sense? Like, you know, whereas people might say, hey, you know, you guys are, uh, you guys are winning ugly. And uh, trust me, I, I do know it's ugly. So I'm not saying that. I, I'm as upset as anything. But the flip side of it is I just think we're kind of a tough team. I kind of like our guys. I think we're kind of a gr- gritty, tough team. And um, I kind of like running the ball and stopping the run. I kind of think that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's a testament to that. I think it's a testament to winning the, the time of possession. I think it's a testament to playing well on special teams and make, you know, you block a punt one week, you block a field goal one week, you score on special teams one week. I think it's kind of a testament to that. Um, and what's unique, too, is that we're third, and this could be wrong, so if it's wrong, don't say I lied, just say I was wrong. But I believe we're third in, in yards per completion of the Big Ten at 12.6, which would usually say, hey, you know what, you should probably throw it a little bit more. And you know what? You know, you're up 21 nothing in that game, and they're, we're controlling the game. You know, I'm kind of like, hey, let's just put these guys away. Um, got too late, we got to some of the inside zone slices that won the game at the end. Great job by Donnie saying, hey, hey I got the play. 
and flipped it to the field, sat, called it, and, and, and Emmett split it. Probably, if I could go back, we could have got to that earlier. But I think it's, a, it's just a testament to, like, hey, we're a physical, tough team. You know, you got to want to play us. But we will always have trouble with other tough teams. Michigan State's a tough team. So that's why I think this will be a battle. If I, you guys hadn't seen the stats, and I just asked you, where do you think Nebraska ranks rushing in the Big Ten? <laughs> would, you, would you have said first? Like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to push back against Matt Rule or anything here. It's just when he said that, I was like, wow. I might have because they had so many rushing yards in the month of September. Boy. Alone. Yeah. I, I, I still would have right. thought top three, but yeah. at least. Man, they're, they're 25th in the nation yeah. at this point, uh, averaging 190.1 yards per game. And. You know they've got a bunch of people j- ahead of them that aren't ahead of them by much as well. Like a good, a good well, they haven't ran the ball. I feel like they haven't. Re- they didn't run the ball effectively at all in the month of October, and they're still first in the. <laughs> yeah, that's the weird. That's just the bizarre. That's the bizarre thing about this. And yeah, he was talking about getting some of the chunk runs, the long runs, which has played into that as well. I mean, goodness sakes, against Louisiana Tech. It felt like Nebraska had seven 80-yard runs. Half of them were called back. Yeah. But they're, they're the only time we saw holding all season on wide yeah. receivers downfield makes exactly. sense. <laughs> exactly. But it's interesting. And, and, you know, I mean, listen, he's got I mean, he's got a point. The numbers don't lie exactly. But nonetheless, it's hard to... It's hard don't to... Don't say he lied. Just say he's wrong. That's right. <laughs> the, the amount of asides that he can put <laughs> the, into his own disclaimers. conversation... Yeah. D- builds disclaimers. Because he knows the Nebraska media is ready to just absolutely sick on him and call him the lying about I, a ranking. There was another comment in there that I enjoyed about... Uh, um, <laughs> he's like, trust me, I know it's not good. He's like, I get it. It is ugly. <laughs> but, I mean, as long as the turnover... Here's my point. As long as the turnovers are happening like they are, people are going to think that. Sure. The the thing is, the turnovers eliminate how dominant Nebraska would have been over the month of October right. had you just... If they had turned the ball over just one time a game in those three games, their scoring margin for that month <laughs> might have been like... Plus 85. That's great. You know? You're right. I know. Yeah. Like it, the thing is, and it's hard for us to think about it this way because the offense does exist. The thing is, like, they've just straight up dominated some of these games, and it doesn't quite look like it to the degree that you think it yeah. should. Purdue and Illinois both could have yeah. been, I mean, just like laughers. Uh, well, and it, it took nice throws in key situations for them to, to score. I mean, I, obviously, they scored on the scoop and score. Yeah. But assuming that, you know, doesn't normally happen. Yeah. Like, you know, Nebraska's defense, very close. The amount of people that were Googling or uh, had gone over and asked Keith about when the last shutout at home was. Yeah. And then you just hear 2003 Iowa State, 2003. It's just like up and down the (laughs) the whole media row. And then you get that touchdown and it's like everyone's Uh, like, oh, I'm glad I wasted time on that. You mentioned two nice throws. Those are the two touchdowns in the month of October scored against Nebraska. That's it. Two touchdowns uh, scored against Nebraska were those two passes, which is... They're both good throws. Yeah, which is which is crazy. All right, what else we got? Uh, well, after he got a little bit beat up on Saturday, Coach Rule was asked about how Heinrich Harburg came in on Sunday. I don't think he felt real good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, uh, um, you know, I love the guy. I love the competitor, right? You know, I kind of said to him what I said to you guys. You know, I didn't want to say anything in here that I wouldn't say to them. I said, I said well, if the one was your own dang fault, right? Like, you know... Um, don't, you know, and he's a coach. That guy could have come off the sideline for all I know. I didn't see him. So, I mean, I love the competitor. Um, 
And I think he's caught in the middle right now, and I have to do a better job as a head coach sometimes of, hey, I don't want to slide. Um, but he kind of slows down right before contact. The week before, I thought I was hesitant. This week, I think he's just not quite sure what to do, and he hasn't played a super ton. So we're going to work on that this week because both fumbles, you know, he, he, the play was dead. You know, I mean, he knew he was he knew he was done. He just probably needs to get down on those plays, and not because he's a sheep, but you know, he just probably needs to skip a rock and get an extra yard, and we'll just play second and nine. So um, we're trying to make sure as a staff, like we took a lot of time this morning as a coaching staff to go back through ourselves. And hey, what are the things that are happening, and how do we fix those, right? Um, and uh, but you know, he's, he's a little bit beat up. Um, but you know what? That's he's the quarterback in Nebraska. Yeah. What do you guys think now about? I mean, the 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 thought about Harburg, and when you first saw him come into those games against Northern Illinois and and Louisiana Tech, it was you know him being a weapon in the running game. He was nineteen uh, or uh, rushing. He was nineteen for twenty two yards uh, against Purdue, Purdue. Took him away. They had the best game plan that we've seen so far defensively. Yeah, They sat that safety in the middle of their defense. They had eight guys in the box all day. They dared Nebraska to throw the ball downfield. And Nebraska, largely because they were able to get that big enough lead, didn't really have to. Um, but they took they took the running game from Nebraska, the quarterback running game. I mean, I, that's yeah. what I saw, Caleb. I don't know. I, I, um, that, that's what I saw yeah. as well. You also had for... And then that's from defensively, they, yep. they took Harburg away. He himself, as we've seen the last couple of games, he's starting to look really hesitant. And like, like Rule was talking about there, he's kind of between, uh, does he need to get down? Does he need to try to just put his head down? It looks like he's slow to make the decision right now on what he needs to do on some of these runs. Even when it's a called run, it looks like he gets behind the blockers and goes, okay, when should I go? Where should I go? Some of that's Purdue what they did defensively, I think there's a lot of it where the first couple games Harburg came in and he was just playing. Yeah, a lot of it is he's thinking yeah, now. Yeah, now now he's out there going, okay, well, what should I do? We and, saw this with Adrian his sophomore year, too. Yeah. He was a different player because he wasn't just out there kind of almost free-balling it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how Harburg felt against Northern Illinois. <laughs> he doesn't look that way right now, no, and which I, isn't... Isn't the worst thing either because the season is different right now than when you were zero and two playing mm-hmm. Northern Illinois and you're a backup quarterback and everyone thinks your job is going to be gone in a week. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I th- I think for Harburg he's they they have to play that fine line between he's got to be free to just go be himself a little bit, but also he has been starting now. He does have the experience of six games under his belt, six full games. What does that mean for him in his decision making? So there's there's parts between there. I will say the first couple of games I had said, man, Harburg needs to 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 learn to slide, needs to get down a little bit, and I got hammered for it. I'm sorry. It looks like he needs to learn to slide and get down. And even Rule is saying that he needs to figure out when to do that. Yeah, I I I would like to see them, you know, get figure out how to get that be a continue to be i mean purdue obviously was concerned about it um and that's one of the ways that this offense has success is to become is to make that quarterback run something that offenses are concerned about you know the off the 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 option the old traditional option hasn't looked super crisp since they did although it sets up that long pass every game so maybe it's worth it just for that (laughs) but um i think it'll be interesting to see if they get him kind of involved in the running game through other means besides that that traditional option because that just seems like man there seems like there's just a lot of risk with the way that they run that for turnovers and getting him absolutely smashed you know what's uh, weird we haven't seen him have the breakdown scramble 50 yard run like that is that is a wild part to me is that as he's thrown, 
Yeah, you know, a lot of guys would get knocks early in their career for always looking to run. It's like he doesn't even look to right. run. Well, it's like, he's just looking for the play to continue downfield, then he's going to try to hit it. Well, yeah. and, and part of it goes to the defense, at least the last game, Purdue was, is that guy was always right there. Yeah. Number five well, they was, have number, great edge Number five too. was always there just yeah. sitting as a spy on him, mm-hmm. and nobody really drops everybody back against Nebraska, uh, it seems like. Uh, and, and part I of- wouldn't. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't no, commit I wouldn't more either. than four people in coverage. Well, and, and part of where guys are making those, those commitments on the option, you saw early on, it was, man, Harburg never pitches it, and he's he's getting some decent runs. Well, I think defensive coordinators have seen that, and even when he does pitch it now, they go, oh, we can just get free hits on the quarterback when he comes out yeah, here. That, that, that's, that's your issue with the option when you do get out there, and they're saying, hey, let him pitch it. Someone else will figure out the, the next guy. Just go hit him. Yeah. Like, regardless of if you see him even pitching it, go, well, that's still the guy I'm hitting. And I hate to be an option snob, but it just doesn't quite look right. Something just doesn't quite, I bet, you know, maybe that was from, from the way that it's being run. They just don't run it. They don't run it a ton. They didn't grow well, up. Well, a lot of it is it doesn't look right because it's run out of the shotgun. Maybe it's a that's an option. Of it. They're not running the traditional power option. I know, but the spacing and the speed yeah. of it is still, I yep. don't know. Um, yeah, it, I want to see him in the I formation under center. Hey, I mean, I do. Where, I legitimately do where, want to see that. Where, I, I where, wanna... where he takes the snap, you have the fullback run through. He so re- you want the he reads the tackle, and then he just sprints directly down the line. Decides whether or not he's going to pitch. It goes. Oh, here's the corner, and he well, goes. Give me the full veer. I'll tell you what I want. I want Emmett Johnson getting twenty carries. Is what I would like to see. <laughs> Thirteen for seventy six. Thirteen for seventy six. Grant had six for eighteen. One hundred and forty nine yards in his twenty five carries so far in two Big Ten games. Pretty good. Yeah. No. That I mean. Yeah. For considering how we were talking about things the day after Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson were yep. put on the shelf for the rest of the year. Yep. You have to feel pretty good about that. Uh, all right, Caleb. Uh, let's see. Take a break. Let's take yeah. a break. Let's yeah. grab a break. We'll uh, get Matt Rule did also speak yesterday, so we'll uh, grab any news that. Uh, We've got from that, update some injuries as well, and uh, get you ready for the 7 o'clock hour, too. We'll give away helmet stickers. Oh, my gosh. The helmet sticker thing is getting hard now in a way that it didn't used to be, the opposite way that it used to be. (laughs) That was too many people. Got to narrow this thing down. All right, it's 6.51. We'll take a break. You are listening to the Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, 65, LNK Today with Jack and Friends yesterday. Um, uh, all, all that stuff that we had from Rulers from earlier this week. Anything new coming out here yesterday, Caleb, when Matt Rule spoke to the media? Well, Marquise Buford is going to travel. All right, he is going to be there. Not really sure how much they'll they'll get him in. He's not going to start, but he might get worked in. And he's got the four games still to use this year and get a red shirt out of it. What could he add, Mike? To the uh, he was a huge contributor last year. Yeah, I mean, he had team. three what three interceptions. Was a second or third leading tackler. Yeah, um, you know, don't say I lied. Just say I'm wrong <laughs> if, if that's not true. Mike Schaefer lies about Marquise Buford stats uh, last year on the air. He would be, and he's also one of those guys that the, the last coaching staff, this coaching staff, immediately took a liking to. I mean, I just think he has that kind of personality. I think he's a leader. I think he's a guy who wants to uh, to go prove it on the field every opportunity he gets. And it's weird how like 
noticeable or I suppose not noticeable it is, like Nebraska hasn't needed him. No, no. Phelan Sanford has been good. No, the other thing, they haven't needed Deshaun Singleton, who was really good. Omar Brown went out on Saturday. Didn't get him for the last quarter and a half. Didn't matter. Like, how they're just plugging and playing these guys at the safety spot and there's no drop-off is remarkable. Yeah. I, 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 Mike, I still cannot get my head around that there are the, – the, the amount of players that are contributing to defense isn't getting smaller. Did you smaller. see the stat someone tweeted the other day? What was that? 30 players have a tackle for a loss for Nebraska. <laughs> I believe it was 30. That's a great stat. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe – I kept thinking, well, they're going to start to narrow this down, right? You're going to start to see higher snap counts for right. a smaller concentration. Nope. Just everywhere. Everyone. Everywhere all over the place. There are guys, you know, come in. I'm like, oh, yeah, Chief Borders. I forgot about him, right? You know, like, oh, yeah, Kai Wallen. Yeah, oh, he's a guy, right? I mean, pick your – There's you. I could do that for an hour. There's 20 guys you could do right. that. Oh, him, you know. It, and then what happens is in between it, you have the guys like Hill and Butler that are just turning into, like, really important players right. for you. Right. That, it's, you know, those guys are going to be your leaders. They're going to be your, your key guys next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Caleb, is Omar Brown... 23, by the way. 23. 23 people have had tackles yeah. for loss. Yeah. Still crazy. That's you, two, you know, two you know, defenses. <laughs> can you name the, the two leaders tied with six? Um, Hut, Hutmaker. Hutmaker's one of them. Is and Gifford the other? No, Gifford has five. Okay. Robinson? No, Robinson. Oh, where, how far down is he? He's got one and a half. Not, he does lot. not. The stats have not told okay. the story for Ty Robinson. No, he's a disruptor more than the. He than had a phenomenal game, game on Saturday. I don't know. What about like someone like Princewell? No, no not, not who not, is it? Princewell's got Bullock? three and a Bullock? half. Yeah, Bullock is got two and a half. What Jamari Butler? Jamari yeah, is. Okay. That's the thing. With, now, that'd be a fun game to see if you can name all of the 20, what'd you say, 22? 23. 23 tacklers for a loss. Now, that'd be a fun game. All right, we will uh, take a break. at 6.58. You're listening to Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. To the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. For traffic. Snap back. They give it off to Anthony Grant. Picks his way to the left. Inside the 40, 35, 30. Quick the tackle. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody's thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium. Upside down right now. Reed eligible to the near side. Back to throw is Morgan. Gets hit, dropped. Oh, he got drilled at the 18-yard line. Ty Robinson's second sack of the year. I think he took his shoes off with that hit. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics. Who showed out this week? We award helmet stickers next. Presented by Blur Events on 1499.3 KLIN. Uh, oh boy, they got this plan in the uh, in the locker room. I'm sure down on campus or in the new fancy the new fancy pool. You see that new fancy pool and the saunas that they got in those videos that they do. Yeah, all those dudes just nice. wa- all those dudes just walk around in the pool and watch TV. That's what they do. That's the, been the secret this year. Is the is the waiting pool that they put yeah, in? Yeah, dudes and uh, pools in there. 
And by the way, what was Matt Rule talking about? Did you hear him talking about this week? You didn't have this in the clip where he was like, they've got this machine that he said you can sleep in for an hour, and it's like you got four hours of sleep. Yeah, all the rehab stuff. Where can I get that machine? <laughs> Is that just like a deprivation tank, like a sensory tank I type thing? So. I don't know, but he said that, and I was like, wait, I want to hear. Let's go away from, you know, from the defense for a moment. Let's talk more about this sleep situation. Can we set that this you're up down in our with. office downstairs? I want, I want to know if, if I can get one of these for uh, on a consumer level here. <laughs> <laughs> because if I could make one hour of sleep into four hours of sleep, I mean, holy cow, I could come into work on 20 hours of sleep. I'd be running through a wall here when we start this show every morning. It'd be amazing. Uh, all right, yes. Helmet stickers this year, your helmet sticker leaders thus far into the season. Uh, Nash Hutmaker, number one. Heinrich Harburg, number two. Isaac Gifford, number three. And then a tie at number four between Riley Van Poppel, Cam Lenhart, Josh Fleeks, and Makai Bear. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird the way that this is. Oh, broken you forgot down. Omar Brown. Oh, it's Omar Brown. Oh, yeah, Omar Brown has three, too. Sorry. And he's going through concussion Personal. protocol uh, as well. So <laughs> I just gave him bulletin board material. <laughs> I might get shushed during the next game. Uh, all right. So that's that's who we've got leading the pack right now. Man, guys, I don't know. Like, the, Am I going to go the entire year without a player on my helmet sticker team getting an actual Your team, sticker? Jeff Sims, Billy Kemp, MJ Sherman. We'll see. And Tristan Alvano. I feel like there's a chance this week I get on. Yeah, I think you got it. You actually got a chance maybe with a couple of those guys this week. And you guys don't get to inherit the helmet stickers for the guys we picked up. No, I know. Afterwards, which, yeah, then added Harburg. Uh, So, anyway. uh, All right. Well, let's do this week's. It's it's really hard. It is hard with this defense. I don't know how to pick individuals out of this defense. I guess that's the sign of a good team effort. But I can't I watch the game and I'm like, they all played pretty good. <laughs> like I don't really I don't really know exactly. So we'll see how this all goes. Uh Caleb, start us off this week. All right. We will go with Tommy Hill for my first helmet sticker. Make it two, says Make Mike. It three. Mike, oh, okay. oh, sorry, Mike sorry. says two. I'm not I'm not gonna do one I don't think. <laughs> I still don't really know to be honest. But. So so there there are multiple things, but but most of all for me, he had the most ridiculous stat line for a guy that like this is the stat line you want when you're a sophomore in high school and they in the varsity says, Hey, we need you to play some defense, play some free safety. Don't go hit anybody. No tackles on the game. Two picks. Has wow. a has a pass breakup on the two point conversion and a punt return for one yard because the ball was coming down and he went, yeah, I'll catch it. Yeah, he is down. I've got the official game stats up and they organized them by tackles, I believe. And he is at the very bottom <laughs> with the only non-zero on that stat being the two the two interceptions that he had during the game. Uh, Tommy Hill. Uh, Mike, he's, you've kind of started to see what the coaches have been talking about with him, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, he... Look, I've I've mentioned it a million times. I've said the name Andrew Ivins a bunch when I've talked about Tommy Hill. Andrew Ivins, our guy down in Florida at twenty four seven Sports, and he's one of our top recruiting analysts. And he felt like Nebraska absolutely stole Tommy Hill out of the transfer portal, and they're in position to get him in high school. And the the pandemic just didn't allow for a visit, so he randomly and these are Ivins' words randomly commits and signs of Arizona State, even though everyone knew that wasn't going to last. Yeah, so. Um, you know, I was talking to Andrew again and he said this is sort of what happened in high school. Like he gets on these heaters and I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another takeaway this weekend. Like he's just he's one of those guys that has a, a good nose for, for kind of when to go for it. 
Um, and it feels like he's really kind of coming into his own. He's had such a fascinating time here. I mean, think about it. He moved to wide receiver uh, under the previous coaching staff. He was suspended to start spring ball. That's right. And now he's an unquestioned starter, clearly someone that Matt Rule likes a lot, uh, just how he brings him up and how he talks about him. And he's become an important part of this defense in the second half of the year. Yeah, for sure. Is he is the wide receiver thing done now or what? What's the update there? I don't think we've seen him run a play there in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, now that he's now that he seems to be playing well on defense, I'm sort of curious if they'll bust that out. Well, again. I almost wonder if it's like, okay, so if, if Malcolm Hartzog has to play more safety, that means Tommy Hill has to be on the field more at Maybe. corner. There's less wanna... opportunity to put him out there. That could be. And I think they've also dialed kind of in where they want the offense to be mm-hmm. in bringing in some of these younger receivers. And they said, all right, well, if we're going to reel everything back and there's less opportunity for you there, your biggest impact can be just focusing on where you're at on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Quentin Newsom um, because he ended, give him another. Give him two. He ended up with the ball in his hands. Three, all three. Wow. Yeah. Ended up with the ball in his hands in various times that were very important in different ways in this game. He's obviously been an incredibly solid cornerback throughout the course of this year. Uh, put in five tackles. Uh, got the got the fumble recovery. Got the field goal block. Returned that thing back as well. He's been solid. It's a little bit of a career award or a season award for him from me. Um, he's going to be, I assume, on some level of All Big Ten uh, defense this year and shot at the NFL as well. So. Just been he's been solid, which is what you expected from him. Didn't get a lot of people talking about him during the the beginning of the year, but man, huge in this defense and one of the few guys who are going to be gone on this defense as a senior. My helmet sticker for him this week has nothing has zero percent to do with anything he did before Saturday. The interception had the absolutely necessary fumble recovery that that needed to be picked up. And of course, when you can high five a guy yeah, while you're too. returning a blocked kick for a touchdown, like everything he he was impactful in so many different ways on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and not to take away from what right, he did right. Saturday, he was incredibly impactful on the uh, on the whole thing, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, what is it? He his stat line on Saturday is sort of bizarre too. Like he. He has two fumble recoveries, one on special teams and one in the the run of play. Mm-hmm. He has a kick block kick return for a touchdown. He has the best high five of the season. <laughs> um, you know, and like he ended up with five tackles. Yeah, so. and he still does it. You know, every like he's he's been really good. I was thinking about this the other day. Like Cam Taylor Britt had kind of a so so last season with Nebraska. Uh, but still ends up in the NFL, and now he's really good for the yeah. Bengals. I think Quentin Newsom's going to be similar. I don't know that it'll be a day two pick, uh, but I think he's going to be a guy that'll have a nice career with, with yep. NFL teams. Like I just, he's just a, he's just solid at everything he does. Like yeah. I don't know that he has one skill where you're like, okay, he's elite at this, but I think right. he doesn't have any real deficiencies. And, and, and I'll go back to what I said earlier: is you know my my complaint for so long is Nebraska. Doesn't get the bounces, so to speak, and and woe is woe is me, and woe is the team for this sort of thing. Well, he got his hand, you know, he he made the bounces. He kind of got the. I mean, that kick that pick fell right into his hands. Although, he did was you hear Rule talk about that right in stride? No, I didn't. So after the game, he talked about how like he has these tapes that he puts together of like guys that do everything that they're asked of, like they're in the perfect spot. I think I did hear this. And he's like, I'm going to have Quentin Newsom standing. Like, he is exactly where he needs to be. Like, he basically said the reason the ball falls in his hands there is he is exactly like – 
his part of the play has not ended until he turns to check to make sure that that ball is not coming back to him. Yeah. And he's just like, I... It's perfect. He turns, like turns a total around. perfect play. He turns around and he continues to be able to run at full speed, basically, yeah. like it was a perfect pass thrown <laughs> to him. And to have that head start, it's like, I mean, I guess that's why Tommy Hill thought it was an appropriate time for a high five. Although next time he should get on the side of him where he's not carrying the ball. It's really awkward. I to, was really worried that he was going to high five him out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's really like, I would be like, you know, this, this yeah. sort of thing happens, and I'm thinking to myself, only Nebraska football could have a guaranteed <laughs> touchdown in which one teammate knocks the other out of bounds right. on a high five. Matt Rule did not sound like he liked it, but he said his wife tried to get him to lighten up about it mm-hmm. in the uh, in the press conference <laughs> yeah. on Monday. <laughs> Let him have fun, she said, uh, evidently. Uh, okay, my, so it's your second pick now. So yeah, it is, it is my second pick. Uh, I'm going to go, listen, that Emmett Johnson touchdown at, at the end of the game that finally put it away is just a touchdown that it feels like Nebraska has not gotten Previous years or this year as well. They haven't, they haven't done, that's what they could have done against Illinois a couple of times. They haven't had that kind of, uh, you know, foot on the neck type of thing, finishing this whole thing out. And they did that. Um, Mike, you mentioned his numbers earlier. They're pretty good this year here at this point and coming in in a place where he probably was going to come into the season having very, expecting to have very few carries, if any, during the course of this year. Um, he's done what he needs to do at this position so far, and I'm excited to see more of him. But that run, especially to be able to to put that in and have a statistically pretty good day once again. Uh, so I'm going to give Emmett Johnson one because I want uh, Matt Rule to know that I'm aware that Nebraska is the number one rushing team in the Big Ten. So there you go. I believe that is his his first this year. Emmett Johnson's first helmet sticker. My list is getting kind of long, but I believe that's the case. So, all right, Caleb, your next one. Princewell Amon Mielen. Okay. And it's for one specific play. It looked really good in real time. It looked good on the replay. And then to hear Tony White break it down, it sounded even better. <laughs> it, where where it's like, oh, that's why he took a step back there. So you have the, the play, and Princewell reads what's happening. He takes a step off of the line, takes away a quick slant, and then identifies the ball into the flat and makes a straight line, one-on-one open field tackle. Like, for a guy to step in where you go, okay, there's a lot of potential there. What can he do? What kind of impact can he have? And to go make a play like that where he took away one option, saw the second option used, and then said, okay, well, you're going to lose some yards here. Like, there's there's nothing happening. That that play just looked so good. And, it, it like, watching that happen shows you why this defense is doing really, really well because they're coached up insanely good. And to have guys be able to go in in real time and identify those types of things happening was nice to see. He looked like he just enveloped that guy. Like, <laughs> it, he it, he looked, hate him. It looked like he just, I mean, yeah, he was I mean, in part because of his size, but just, yeah, he was right there and completely enveloped him and, and took him down. So, um, yeah, had a, had a good game. First helmet sticker, I believe, for Prince Will. So we continue to be adding guys who... Kind of surprised that they haven't had these before, but he gets his first one there. All right, Mike, your uh, your third one. My guess is this will be another first helmet sticker, but I'm going Jalen Lloyd here. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the big play of the game with the the belly option touchdown pass, and the reason I'm I'm giving him a helmet sticker, he obviously caught the ball, ran it in, touchdown, all of that. But if you think about it, a year ago at this time. He's not even connected to Nebraska to be playing football. Everyone's talking about him as a track athlete. He only really had a Texas Tech offer that I don't know that was committable um, for him in terms of of playing football. And he was 
the first in-state offer, and I think the first offer Matt Rule made when he became the head coach at Nebraska. Pays off of a touchdown his freshman year. Probably won't be the last touchdown this season for him. I think Jalen Lloyd is really, really interesting player that we're going to see a lot more of next year. Yeah, I kind of forget. Like I didn't when he, w- I was watching him his junior year at State Track. Like, mm-hmm. I was, I was watching that very closely because he was kind of the favorite in the one hundred. Yep. I didn't even, I didn't even know he played football. Yeah, to be honest, like I, it's not he was at Omaha Central happens, for three but, years. Yeah, and then transfers to Westside for his senior year. Uh, but he was, I mean, the the previous staff would have him come to events, have him come to games, but it didn't. It felt like he was kind of slight, and it's like, okay, so how are you going to utilize him? Well, this staff basically is like, all right, he's the fastest person in the state. We'll figure something out. Right, <laughs> right. So watch out, next fastest guys in the state. I don't know if that guy had, uh, what was it, Creighton Prep That'd last year? That'd be hilarious year. if yeah. it was like, we're reserving one spot for the one hundred every meter year champ. for the 100-meter champ. <laughs> it's so cool. I actually like that That idea. becomes then like everyone's dialed into state track. So, to so see at who state track, it. now it's not about being the gold medal right. champion. It's you just got yourself a scholarship right. exactly. to be on the Nebraska football Right, it's like, it's like winning American Idol, sort of. You're like... <laughs> I also want there to I be. I feel a, like that's the almost the weirdest comparison you could have made. It doesn't make get, any sense. They get the contract if they win the whole thing, oh. and it's a path to stardom. So. Yeah, but isn't it a fan vote? I don't know. even like a Listen, real competition. We don't need that to take win. that comparison that far. I think it was self evident <laughs> what I meant with that. Um, Sorry. Uh, all right, I'm doing mine. Uh, Mike, I am going to bless your team with a sticker. I am going to give... I, Alvano already has one, so you... Yeah, yeah right, he does so have I guess one. I, I'll I, bless, him, bless you with another wow. sticker, though. Whoops. Um, I already talked about it, but uh, that having him be able to put in a 55-yarder... Yes, he had the wind behind him, but... To him, for him to be able to do that, just because it's a it's a long kick, right? That's a it's the second longest Super kick in Nebraska kick. history. Uh, he struggled a little bit in the middle of the year. He seems to have corrected that for the most part. He's got the capability to make a kick at fifty five, which is I think is a game changer for this offense. And again, like you think the style Nebraska is playing, like it or not. When Iowa was really good, when Iowa has been really good, it's very similar to what Nebraska is doing right now with defense and offense. But you also know this. Nebraska knows this from playing Iowa all year. They always got a kicker who never stinking misses, right? It always do. That just splits the uprights. And that's something that Nebraska is going to need if they're going to continue to win in this style. And he, he, he looks like he's got the capability to do that. But again, if he can make a 55 yarder with a little wind, like you guys were saying, that looked like it might have been good from, I don't know, 60, maybe 60 at that point. I mean, that opens up a, a, a ton. I mean, look, you're at the 30, 33 yard line, 35 yard line, 52. You got it. Yeah. yeah you, and, and you're playing that kind of field position game. Shoot. Go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take that shot. Um, and field goals are going to be big going forward. So uh, I was impressed. I was really impressed with that field goal, and I didn't know if he'd be. I really didn't think he'd be kicking things through like that when I saw him earlier this year. You know, if you still had Kenny here doing video, you could have cut this segment out, put it on social media, and labeled it. Can Tristan Alvano be the next Keith Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! With a, I know yeah. we need Alvon. Now we need him to make the winning field goal against Iowa and blow a kiss. That's what we need <laughs> to finish this whole thing off. All right, your updated helmet sticker leader leaderboard. He didn't get one this week, but Nash Hutmaker still hanging on to first place. Don't worry, Nash, you still got it. But look in the rearview mirror. Quentin Newsom jumps up big after getting one from all three of us. He's tied with Heinrich Harburg with five at second place. 
Luke Gifford, or Isaac Gifford, I should. Boy, I bet he hates that. Isaac Gifford uh, has four. <laughs> and he's probably mad right now. He's like, what do I got to do to get one, to get another one at this he's point? He's been outstanding I mean, this year. He, he had a, well, I was just looking at his stat line. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and he's, we used to, he's been so He had good. 10 total tackles, two tackles for loss and a pass breakup. The thing is, he's so good that he's become ho-hum. Right. Like it's like you expect this from a guy right. that, you know, for a lot of people they're like Isaac Gifford's going to be yeah. starting. And here's Mike giving one to to Jalen Lloyd who uh, you know, you know, basically had no one no one w- just had to catch a pass really. Not Jalen Lloyd's fault that he's fast. And run. <laughs> and run. And Isaac Gifford can't get one, but yes, Isaac did have a great yeah, game. He's been he is in uh he's in fourth place there and then we still have that th- big tie between Bayer, Fleeks, Van Poppel, Lennart, Omar Brown and now Tommy Hill is in that group with three as well. So that's what we got. All right, that's it for our help. Why do we go so fast with the helmet stickers today? We, too many, we were concise. We knew what we wanted. Too many to do. repeat. Too many. Uh, too many repeats. We could in take there the, well. a few seconds here to talk about how that was probably Brian Buscini's best game in a while. And not uh, yeah. Oh, where, where and he you, didn't end up with a helmet. Where sticker. are you on that one? Too many good performances. Again, this segment is getting way too hard. I did not prepare for Nebraska being good and having to do this segment <laughs> because it's a different world. You also when, didn't prepare for 15 different people that could have gotten a helmet. <laughs> I know. It used to be, last November, it was like there were exactly three players who did well you're, in the game. You're coming off of that Michigan game, and you're like, oh, am I going to give one to Chubba for right. throwing for 41 like, yards here? Ernest Hausman have all three. All right, 724. We'll take a break. This is in the Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. Your home for Husker football is 1499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday edition of the Morning Drive on the Friday Husker Tailgate. All right, let's get it going. The five things people are talking about today. Let's start counting them down today, starting with number five. Well, another day, another Matt Rule viral pregame speech from GB Rewind. I have not watched this episode yet. I need to. I have not had yet a chance to do that though. So. Talking a lot about uh, being a warrior. Yeah, um, and a warrior is the weapon. Yeah, yeah. It, well, you know what? Why don't I, should we just should we play some of it? Can we, do, you, do you mind if we do yeah, that, Caleb? Yeah, go right ahead. We got. To, I mean, I think there's people, no swearsies, right? No, they. Um, not to my recollection. I don't. I don't believe. Not so. during the speech. There's definitely swearing. But. <laughs> yeah, but I think there are probably people who haven't heard on YouTube. But I think this is. I, I, it's a. It was an interesting message about. It was. It was started with breast cancer awareness, but talked about kind of the people, mm-hmm. the moms, the grandmothers, um, and the other people in these players' lives. So take a listen to this. This has really gone very viral. Here, oh, sorry, I'm going to get this started here in just a second. If I can correctly unmute the tab here. All right, here what? And this was uh, before now, we the last out this game. Tunnel, man? Let's walk out this tunnel for the first time. The University of Nebraska. <clears throat> We have a pink ribbon on the back of our helmets, and obviously that's that's for all the the wives, the moms, the sisters that have been affected by breast cancer, man. But it's it's even greater than that. It's a way for us to honor those in our lives: our mom, our grandma, our, our girlfriend's mom, our aunt, the people in our lives who have fought for us. Because I ain't none of us here of our own accord. Picking you up, taking you to school, fighting for you, taking a second job, battling. Maybe keeping you away from the hard things in your life. She took it on so that you could just be a kid. Who is that for you? Who is that for you? Maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was a coach. 
But man, they fought for you. They were warriors for you. These women that fight this, this, this battle, they're warriors. I saw it with my mom. I saw, I, I watched my mom battle breast cancer. I saw my mom fight. I watched my wife's mom fight. Knowing she probably was never even going to win the fight. Knowing that eventually she'd be up in heaven. Man, she, she was just fighting for 10 more minutes with her grandkid. 10 more minutes. She taught me how to fight. Who taught you how to fight? Who taught you how to be a warrior? A warrior doesn't need a weapon. A warrior is the weapon. You guys are warriors. You've been taught to fight. So as you take that field, fight for yourself. Fight for what you want. Fight for each other. But just remember who went to war for you in your life. Remember the woman that went to freaking war for you in your life. Who sacrificed for you in your life. And whatever your job is today. Standing there and cheering or catching a touchdown, man. Do it without fear. Because every single day that my mom woke up fighting that battle, she had to do it with all the fear in the world, but put it aside to make sure my ass was good. That's who I go fight for today. As you walk up that tunnel, you see the ones that you love? Look them in the eye. Don't tell them you love them. They're not here to watch you win. They're here to watch you play. They're here to watch you be you. And some of us don't have our moms here. I don't have my mom here. My mom's watching somewhere across the country. She's going to feel my joy. Some of us don't have our moms alive anymore. Or grandma, whatever. That's my wife. But she's going to honor the way that her mother taught her to fight. This ain't emotional. This is joy, man. We're here because of the ones that love us. So if, if you don't have family here today, walk by my wife, walk by, by my daughters. You got family. If you don't have someone here today, Mrs. Piper's here. Her son's not here, but she's here. For us. Us. One word for Miss Piper. Give one word. So that is, uh, so at the end there, it's hard to tell if you haven't seen the video, that is, uh, Ethan Piper's mom, who was in the in the locker room for the speech, and they mute out whatever she says, but it fired the fired the team up, and it was not a lot of words, uh, so it was something that that got them going there at the end. So, yeah. So, guys, I mean, this is like the third, fourth, I don't know, whatever week where they've had one of these speeches here before the game, or at halftime, or after a game that's been featured in. In this series, uh, obviously, I mean, obviously, you can see why it's got a lot of people who are really, really liking it and really sharing it across. I mean, Robert Griffin's retreating it. RG 3s tweeting it out. You got all. I mean, you got all kinds of people who are who are putting this out right now, Mike. And I, I'm, I'm just curious, what do you make, Mike, of just this level of access that they are putting out? right now with this program and and rule and he's obviously he talked about it a little bit i think uh this week where he said look i don't necessarily want to keep doing it but we're doing it now to give people a look inside how common is what they're doing and how impactful do you think this uh this whole thing is it's not particularly common but i think it does allow for them to present the program in such a way that you know if you're a kid in texas and you pick up a nebraska offer and you find some of these videos, you can connect to Nebraska in a way that you wouldn't otherwise be able to. So I think, to me, 
the entire purpose of these videos, I mean, he talks about giving a look inside the program. To me, it's about selling. It's about selling himself as the coach. It's about selling the program. It's about selling Nebraska as an option to recruits. Um, you know, and I think it's effective in that manner. Now, is a kid going to commit to Nebraska because of that speech, because of that video? Probably not. But could he be interested in Nebraska and then set himself up for more conversations with the coaching staff or come up for a visit or what have you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I will be very curious if this, you know, how this continues to play out uh, with the videos, with the, sort of that level of access. Um, because, honestly, it's about the only time you see some of these personalities emerge from some of the players. I mean, we don't talk to as many players as we used to. We don't have as much media access as we used to. So I'm of two minds of it. Like, it's great to be able to see some of this stuff. However, it only reinforces to me how much access has been restricted in the last decade mm. since I've been doing this job. So my, like, I, I think it's great. Like, I don't, I don't want them to stop doing it. Right. Uh, but it also just tells just me you. my connectedness to the program has changed because we just don't get as much public access. I definitely feel like I know, I think I said this before, like, I think I would recognize players if I saw them on the street now because of these videos that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have yeah, otherwise. Absolutely. With, and with, it's a great a opportunity, you know, for, like, also it's just kind of fun because it, as professional as these videos are, sometimes the shots are just showing random people doing random things. Right. And right. it reminds you, like, yes, they're a college football team. Yes, Saturdays for 60 minutes are huge. They're also college kids. They also get to have fun. They also just want to dance they, in the locker room. They and dance. Do weird uh, stuff. Uh, and you know? Nick Henrich, goodness sake, God love him. Man, that guy's not a dancer. I they have uh, some personalities is, on this team. Nick Henrich dancing is the funniest thing on those videos <laughs> after every time they win. I haven't seen the last one. I just hope it's on there. That is They're there definitely dancing well. on there. Caleb, I don't know. What do you think uh, uh, about these and just kind of what, what the tool that they've been in? Well, I, <laughs> like, can they stop with I, these? I mean, if Rule wants them to stop, they'll stop. Yeah. But but I think the biggest thing that, that I get out of it is there, there's a connection between the team and the fan base. We've talked a lot about the last couple of years how hard it might be with some teams on campus because there's constant turnover. You can't really – you don't identify with the, the team or the program. You do with volleyball. Right. You've got a lot of Nebraska yes. kids on it. You do with women's basketball. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Nebraska folks that are there, and you've got these these connections. And you see their faces like, like in those sports, You see too. them. You get to interact with them. Men's basketball came a long way with that last year compared to where they had been under previous Hoiberg teams. It's still been a little bit hard to do that with the football program. One, they're wearing helmets all day when you do get to see them, like Mike said, we've got such restricted access, we don't get to put their personalities out there, report on those as much. There's so much that now you get to watch these guys, watch them dance, watch them interact, see who does step up and and be a little bit more into a leadership role behind the scenes than what you might even see on Saturday. You just see these guys and you go, yeah, these are much more than football players at the end of the day, but we we watch them and cheer for them and, and cover them on Saturdays. Getting to see all these parts of it, there's so much more of a connection, and that's that's good for us. That that's good for potential recruits' interest. But I think as a whole, that's just the best thing that you can have right now. Year one of a head coach trying to, and they've done a good job with it, even without these, trying to make themselves available to the fan base and yes. the fan base feeling like they have a vested interest even more 
because they know these guys. Here's what I've learned through these videos. Um, and I think I had an inkling of this, but I wouldn't have completely appreciated or known it without this. But I, you know, I always I knew Matt Rule was a good communicator. I thought he, you know, I thought always thought he was a good communicator. Guys, I think when it comes to motivation and psychology, I think he is playing chess where a whole lot of other coaches are playing checkers. Um, and it's it's not even close. And I would like to point out. That. After all of these speeches, Nebraska has allowed a team to go to the half-inch line, threw an interception on its first offensive play, and fumbled the opening kickoff. It's like watching the, uh, oh gosh, what is the, the movie of Al Pacino where he gives a piece of um, Game of Inches speech? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. they go out and they give up the opening kickoff return for a touchdown, right. and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, how does this guy... In a movie, give the greatest football speech of all time. <laughs> Any given Sunday. And his team responds by giving up an yeah. open. And then it's like, I watch Matt Rule do this every week. Right. And Nebraska responds by giving the ball. It's like a time release thing is what it is. <laughs> like I a, think. It's the like, dopamine from it doesn't right. hit it's until like, about it's 10 like minutes you in. take ibuprofen and it takes, it takes a little while to kick in if you've got a headache, basically. All right, moving on. Number four. Heinrich Harburg banged up a bit last week. How do you guys think he gets used going forward? We talked about this a little bit. Um, It'd be good to see him having a more productive rushing game than he did. But you're right. He took some hits. He's going to take some hits. Matt Rule has talked about him taking some hits. I don't know. Guys, he talked a little bit about Heinrich Harburg being sort of in between the sliding and the not sliding thing. Caleb, I know you think he needs to embrace sliding more. I, I think it's, there are things that he wants to do. He wants to go be a competitor and put his head down. I think it, it comes with the experience of knowing when you should just get down or when you should. <laughs> we saw uh, we saw the Purdue quarterback be really bad at this last week at times. Just get out of bounds sometimes. Like You don't have to take that extra hit and let guys come get you. If you can go pick up three yards and you get out of bounds, then you get on to the next play. You don't have to get to the edge and put your head down and try to make it six yards, and now you've just taken a lot more beating for with guys that caught up to the play while you're slowing down. And I think that's the bigger part of it, too, is when he is taking the hits, he's not going full go. It's one thing to put your head down and you run, try to run into guys and you're going full go into them. A lot of the hits he's taking, he's slowing up. He's kind of he's crouching into it, trying to absorb the contact, and those are the ones that, that end up hurting a little bit more, too, because you you, you've softened up your body a little bit. You're not trying to go through somebody and you deliver the blow. If he if he can get that experience and, and watch as things go on and go, okay, here's a good spot. I'm, I'm dead to rights. This guy has me back here. Cover up the ball. I'm just going down. Or there, there's nobody open and there are three guys in my face. We're just throwing this one out of bounds. Like, like There are certain things that he can learn over the time with experience that I think are going to make him a better quarterback and the team will be better off for it too. Mike, do you think between being you know banged up, not wanting to get him injured, and some of the fumbles, do you think they're the the coaching staff kind of no pulls back a little on how they use him at all? I mean, think about how Matt Rule responded to the question about how they ran the ball with him immediately after he took that big hit along the sidelines. I mean, Rule basically came out and said, "I can't coach if all I think about is what if." Yeah. And so, if their game plan calls for him to run the option, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to him that he might be a little bit banged up from where he was. And I, like, I, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter; it does matter to him. But they're not going to step onto that football field with a mentality that isn't full go. And so, if you're out there 
the idea is you're out there and you're able to provide what you can do and they're going to call your number the expectation is you're going to be the same player you are you know before the you got banged up or yeah. after because you're on the field you're playing for us and so i i think that's going to be the mentality and i would i would imagine they're going to call a lot of options because that's their offense right. like that you know you can't get the the you can't get the belly option pass without the threat of the option, without the threat of Harburg running. And so because of that, I look for him to continue to be used. In that How match. important do you think it is that he becomes more of, I mean, obviously the, didn't Purdue did a good job defending the run. They focused on, on defending the run against him. He's had big games other times this year rushing. How important is it that that is a component of the offense going forward uh, that has some success? I think it's important. I mean, obviously you, you want to be able to keep teams guessing a little bit. I, I think the passing game is going to have to evolve a little bit in the the month of November. I just don't know that you're going to get in situations where you only are going to need to throw 11 passes. Uh, and they threw more than that, but it you know with the penalties and you still lost and everything that. else. It was still like fifteen. Yeah, you, you know, still so lost was, the bet. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll acknowledge it. Hundred percent loss of bet. Happy to buy you lunch. You pick the the time. You tell me when. Um, and so I I think because of that they're going to have to to throw a little bit more because otherwise teams are just going to stack the box. Yeah, and it's Purdue had a really nice game plan for them and they just couldn't execute it enough and nebraska countered it really well too i mean that belly option play is even more lethal when you're sticking a safety in the middle of the box to spy on a quarterback who's throwing the ball over the safety's head you know so that's why his ability to pass is going to be huge for the month of november nebraska is going to win out if they're going to win out and go play in the the big 10 title game it's going to require harburg to make some important throws and i think he can't I yeah. think he can't. You're going to have to have some games, too, where he's closer to 65, 70, 75% completion than 50% completion, yep. too, as well. So, Number three. Big Ten Conference released the 2024 schedule. Iteration 17.4. Yeah, <laughs> all of that. We already had the matchups uh, released uh, not too long ago. We finally got the date set up with it. For Nebraska, we already knew the non-conference. Three at home in a row, UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa, but then you start out for the first time in several years with a home Big Ten game, Illinois, September 21st. By the way, that will be the 400th consecutive sellout for Memorial Stadium as the Huskers take on the Illini. Also heading on the road to Purdue, host Rutgers at Indiana, at Ohio State, host UCLA, at USC, host Wisconsin, at Iowa, a pair of off weeks in the middle of all that You're telling me it's backloaded, it feels like. It's a little backloaded. A little bit back, but if that, and, and I hesitate always to get too far into that analysis because you're hesitating to get too far into 2024 analysis. I hesit, no, I hesitate to project how dip. I think teams change year to year more than people give them credit for. You know, like a, a year ago, Illinois looked like a very you know a, a very challenging game. They're a year. very veteran. They're team. completely. Yeah. Di- they're very different this year. Year to year, these teams change more than people give them credit for. So I have a hard time projecting forward and be like, ah, this is an easy game. This is not an easy game. That disclaimer said, it does look you know fairly backloaded, even just with the trips and and taking on the new Pac-12 teams that have come in late in the season as well. By the way, how great would it be if it snows when UCLA is here in November? That would be amazing. Uh, But one year to the day from yesterday. I do think it's an opportunity the same way that I said, guys, this year the stretch that Nebraska is ending right now is an opportunity to get momentum 
that they haven't had, and so far they've capitalized on that. And you, I, I kept saying, you're not going to get this again. Well, you're, you're kind of going to get a little bit of it at the beginning of next year again. You could really get some season to season momentum if you start out if you start out that season successfully stacking some wins again at the beginning of the year. And again, I think that matters. I, I think momentum like that matters. So I like. I mean, I think it worked out about as good as it could have for Nebraska. And will that be kind of a gauntlet at the end of the year? Probably. Probably. Well, here's the thing: the the way but, that gauntlet works out. So you have your first six games, five of them at home. Then you get an off week. And then you go on the road to Indiana, Ohio State, host UCLA. By the way, that Indiana game, watch for that one to be potentially on Friday. That, that's one of them to watch for Husker fans. Yeah. But you get that stretch of three games. Oh, you get gross. an off week. And then you go at USC, host Wisconsin, at Iowa on Black Friday. So I, I really like where the off weeks are to help out with the backloading on that schedule. It goes 6-3-3. Three, and three, Yes. Which is nice, especially with the team that's probably going to be banged up because every team is probably banged up by yes. the time you get to the beginning of November. very much so. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing about that Indiana game, if that is on a Friday, you will have had an off week. And then you play on Friday, and that gives you an extra day of rest before you go to Ohio State. So a Friday game there, not necessarily as bad as a regular week where you've seen seen a lot of time. Still, I agree with Mike. Gross. Oh, but yeah. If they're going to have so it, take advantage of it. A year from now, you're going to be getting ready for uh, UCLA to come in for a home game. So This is going to be so bizarre, but fun. And then, right, going to USC... In mid-November, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So make, book your tickets now. Los Angeles, mid-November. Sounds good, right? November Ooh, 16th. Nice. Do the tailgate show from there. There you go. I agree. I agree. Book it, management. <laughs> Number two. Book it. Uh, Nebraska football could be eligible for a bowl as early as this week. Who's the most interesting opponent? Jack, you got some... The one that I saw that I kind of want is... The one that's uh, the Arizona games, the guaranteed rate bowl, because it's against old Big 12 teams. Uh, but I re- I don't know. Iowa State, Nebraska in a bowl in Arizona just sounds like a lot of fun to me. Um, and I've got I've got in-laws who are Iowa State season ticket holders. I feel like I might be able to to sell to my family that we need to go to that with them and <laughs> yeah. go to Arizona the day after Christmas. I like that matchup. I think that one's really, really fun and interesting. If they... There are a couple where if they have more success, they might face an SEC team. Missouri's really good, but man, that'd be kind of a fun old Pac-12 matchup as well. Uh, or excuse me, old Big 12 matchup as well. I don't really want them, like USC and UCLA could kind of be in the cards too, depending on how they do if they go to the Las Vegas Bowl. Pac-12 team. That's I kind of don't want to face any know. of the four incoming teams. Yeah, I don't really want to face them. Who do you want to face out of the Pac-12 if they get that? Oregon State. Oregon State. Put me down. If Nebraska's in the Las Vegas Bowl, put me down for Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona. Someone that is not a team that's going to be coming into the Big Ten. Also, part of the thing is Nebraska's played so many home-and-homes with those Pac-12 teams. None of the matchups seem that interesting to me. Yeah, that's true. Washington and Oregon have both meant, and USC and UCLA. You're right. Mm -hmm. So it's like I find myself like the teams I'd like to see Nebraska play are almost all in the ACC. There's no bowl tie-in that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there. that's true. They, I put me down for Iowa State. I think that'd be Iowa fun. State. I think Kansas. You know, get that's the true. Lance Leipold, Matt Rule, uh, get that matchup that'd on the, the day after. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what destination, Mike, is your favorite of them? Vegas, Arizona, Nashville. 
I saw well, there was one that had Orlando in there. Yeah, I mean, that would be... Obviously, if they can get to the Citrus Bowl or to whatever the Outback Bowl is now. Um, I don't know. The names have changed you enough. Get, but So that one's in Tampa. So if they get down to Florida, oh that would be... Because then you're talking about a January 1 game. Yes. Like, it, you want to talk about a total reversal of where this team was to where this team is now? If they're playing a January 1 bowl game right, against an SEC team, like Kentucky. They're playing right. Kentucky in Tampa on January 1. This play, First of all, there are going to be a ton of Nebraska fans there. Right. And then the offseason is just going to be, oh, man. Look at those six games to start. They could be seven and zero going to Ohio. Like people are going to do it. They're going to do it. Sounds fun. Sounds fun to me. Right? No, better than the alternative. I I, I think we would all love an off season like that. When's the last time you had one that was full on hope and not just like, oh well, maybe it'll go well. If you if you do that, say you you win the division or you finish second in the division, you're playing in a really good bowl. There's a good chance you're preseason ranked right? going into next year. Mike, you're right in terms of what if they got to one of those New Year's Day ones and it was in Florida, but any of them, but especially if that Las Vegas one would happen. I mean, the amount of Nebraska fans. I will that are say that one's a Las little Vegas. weird being on the 23rd, like getting That's in true. and out because of Christmas is going to be Arizona, really difficult. Same with Arizona yep. on the 26th. Like, I want to sell to go yep. to it, but. What am I going to do? I don't want to leave on Christmas, so maybe you go out the morning of the 26th. I definitely ate at a Chili's in the St. Louis airport on Christmas Day on the last bowl trip out to uh, the Music City Bowl. Chili's. Wow. It was was as depressing as it sounds. I was going to say that. So part of me, like, I'm in there. I'm like, there's people working here on Christmas at the St. Louis airport in the Chili's. Chili's. And I am eating here, and I feel like a jerk. (laughs) You're enabling it. Number one. All right, guys. When do we hear anything about Michigan, whether it's sanctions, suspensions, what have you? I, it's got to be our days, if not hours, at this point, I would think, right? There have been plenty of calls this yeah. week. Coaches, ADs, the whole yeah, lot. Yeah, it's, it's coming up. It, it alarmed me that I read. So there's a story, a couple stories that came out already this morning. Rittenberg has one that Purdue has evidence of uh, Michigan scouting earlier this season. Wow. But then I, that led me to another story, just reading the recap of um, of some of the phone calls that have taken place with coaches and uh, I don't even know what the commissioner's name is. Tony. <laughs> Commissioner <laughs> <Yes>. Tony. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they call um, Petini. And one of the lines written in the story is that Commissioner Tony walked away from it feel, and, and coaches walked away from it feeling like Commissioner Tony now views this as something that there might need to be a punishment. I'm like, now? <laughs> right. Are that you was, see, like, yeah. if they don't do something, it would be the most pathetic thing imaginable. You have 13 other schools that are in your conference that have been affected by this. Also, it goes against the whole integrity, everything the Big Ten claims to be, the, you know, fart-sniffing aspect of the Big Ten that it is. If you don't come down with a hammer on a program that has for three years been cheating rampantly in a way that no one has ever seen. Get out. Like, you don't even deserve... Like, if Jim Delaney was still alive, which he is, but if he was still the commissioner, (laughs) can you imagine how heavy-handed he would come down on this? I don't even think you would do it if Jim Delaney was the commissioner. Tony Petiti will be in Ann Arbor this weekend. Yeah. Watch field hockey. I think something's happening today. 
I have a feeling something's happening today. We'll see. 7.52. Commissioner Tony. KLIN. By the way, Morning Drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Listen to the Friday. This, and they'll help you out with that at Daryl's Jewelers, and you'll walk out of there with something that is stunning. Daryl's Jewelers. You'll find them at 69th and O Meridian Parking, and also check them out online at Daryl'sJewelers.com. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Well, yes, it will be an interesting weekend off the field in the Big Ten with, as we said, Commissioner Tony and in uh, Ann Arbor. But on the field, here's what we got this week, guys. Ready for the lineup? Uh, 11 a.m. games. Of course, the Nebraska game's an 11 a.m. game. You've also got Wisconsin uh, against Indiana on BTN. You've got Ohio State at Rutgers. Or, uh, yeah, Ohio State at Rutgers. Huh. Hmm, I wonder, hmm, could that be interesting? Hmm, Ohio State at Rutgers at 11 a.m. as well. Then your 2.30 games this week, Penn State at Maryland. Could that be an interesting one? What happened to Maryland this year? That will not be an interesting one. You don't think so? (laughs) No. What about Iowa at Northwestern at Wrigley Field on Peacock? Yeah. I think that yeah, one's going to be... Yeah, get your subscription early. Uh, you could. You might as well. You're going to do it, so you can get it anyway. Uh, Illinois at Minnesota is another 2.30 game. That's actually one of our pick games this week for some reason. Uh, and then... <laughs> you picked the game. And then for some reason? Purdue at Michigan. And that also... I mean, man, this thing is chock full with absolute potential interest and train wreckery well, with here, this whole thing. Here's one stat I'll throw out for you guys. There are three teams in the Big Ten... That have won, that are on three game winning streaks or better. Michigan, Ohio State, and Nebraska. The big three is what I call them. All right, there you go. Coming up, we're going to take a look at Michigan State. What do we know about them? Well, we'll share it with you coming up next at seven fifty eight on KLIN. Peacock Deer and State Volleyball continues to watch for heavier traffic in the downtown and Haymarket area near Pinnacle Bank Arena. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Snap back. They give it off to Anthony Grant. Picks his way to the left. Inside the 40, 35, 30. Breaks the tackle. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody's thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Three eligible to the near side. Back to throw is Morgan. Gets hit, dropped. Oh, he got drilled at the 18-yard line. Ty Robinson's second sack of the year. I think he took his shoes off with that hit. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. First. Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Final Nick chance. Henrich is a better dancer than you. Final. Uh, you better check those videos out again. <laughs> we may be similar, very tied, but um, I don't know about that. Uh, it's hard with the Mariah on. And by the way, we've entered into Mariah's season officially with Halloween being over, you all realize. The Queen of Christmas is uh, is now starting to uh, take over the airwaves gradually everywhere. But we've been playing her since September. Now, Fantasy Oscars, final pick. Final pick. Your last chance this week to get in on the fun. The fun of predicting turnovers. Uh, the keyword to text in right now at 402-479-1400 is... Lansing. Lansing. 
L A N S I N G Lansing. Lansing. And if you are selected among the texters, you will get the final pick, the coveted final pick, as to when in the game the first turnover will be committed by either of the teams. What was our latest pick? Well, John came in and said, first quarter, 10 minutes, mm. 41 seconds. So we went up one second from went the previous? Up one second from Mike Big Z's gamble. 1040. Big gamble there by John. Because there is the potential with the last pick. Yes. To, to go, lock you into to, that one second. To lock him into one second, which would be a weird experience watching a game. To go, I need it I need it, it now. This turnover <laughs> on this exact play, and at no other time, there's got to be a turnover. So we're, right. we're watching the replay, and Quentin Newsom picks it off. Right. We look at the clock. It's 1041. <laughs> well, it's that's amazing. the thing. So when, it, like, are the two of you going to determine if the catch occurs at 1041? So, the so, official play-by-play lists the time. Okay, so you guys are removed from yes. it. So, yeah, so we went off of, and this is the way we did it last year, it is... What it has in the official play-by-play for that turnover happening, which tends to... Is that to, when the play starts? It's when the play ends. Yeah, so then that's, you know, if there's like a 25-yard return and the interception actually occurs at So, So that's the way we that's did it true. last year. That's now, how we're doing it. Now, what we can do, because we can decide however we want to do it, we can look at the clock no, and we're go, not, we're, when did he pick up the fumble? No, 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 no. We are not getting... Instant replay review on this thing. It's, it's whatever the official score. Are you guys says. gonna send it to New York? <laughs> it's looking at a clock. Like, gonna, this isn't hard. We're gonna get on the little the iPad on the sidelines and take a look. Yeah, at but it. what no. if the ball spins a little bit and you can't say that no. he has full possession it, until ten? Executive decision. When we do times, it is the time listed for the play. Okay. In the official score. Okay. Of that, that's what it is. So you may that that's what the question is. Okay. We're not breaking down the play mm-hmm. to see what time does it's, the clock it's end a, after the first. This is possess- not like a turnover. Mac Brown on the sideline type thing in 2009. <laughs> this is not what that is, whatsoever. So anyway, good luck. Uh, hopefully, John doesn't get locked into that one second. Maybe who knows? Who knows what the next picker will do on this? But if you want it, text in Lansing to four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. All right, guys. Michigan State. We haven't you know we haven't really talked a whole lot about Michigan State here um, in this game. What a season for Michigan State, huh? Uh, They start off, like, guys, I don't even remember what we expected Michigan State to be this year anymore. I think when we looked at this game going ahead, you were like, yeah, that's going to be a tough, that'll be a tough trip into Michigan State. They'll be, you know, kind of in that next tier after the big three and the, the Big Ten East, I thought. And then the whole Mel Tucker thing happens, and... In the middle of in the middle of the season, after the Richmond game, by the way, they went out and beat Central Michigan thirty-one to seven. Connor Stallions watched that one from the sideline. Uh, Richmond, they then beat forty-five fourteen, and then, yeah, they're plus fifty-five going into the was the Washington game in which their coach gets suspended. Yes, that and then yeah, and then that week after uh, FCS Richmond. Uh, they get number eight Washington, who came in to East Lansing uh, without Mel Tucker for the first time, and Washington beat them forty-one-seven at that point. Then they had Maryland at Maryland. Oh no, that was in East Lansing. I apologize. That was at East Lansing. They lost that one thirty-one to nine. 
got blown out by Maryland. Then they went to Iowa, and I remember watching this game, and this is an, another one of these games where DeGene uh, basically puts Iowa on its back and takes back a punt and and wins it for Iowa in that one. They won that one 26 Why are people punting 16. It's a great question. Kick it higher so the hang time doesn't allow for in a return. Kick quarter. it out. Those are your options. Uh, yes, the fact that, yeah, the, the, the one that they had called back, I can't believe that he even had a chance to return yeah. that thing, and it was not straight out of, why would you ever not just put Iowa's offense on the field? Hopefully Nebraska remembers that when they take him on. Uh, but they played Iowa tight, 26-16. They lost that game, big special teams touchdown. And then the, I think they got a safety at the very end of that game that accounted for that score. Um, then they went to a, a pretty decent Rutgers team, got ahead of Rutgers. Rutgers came back. Uh, Rutgers won at 27-24. Then Michigan uh, and Michigan blew them out 49 to zero. Then they went to Minnesota, lost that one 27 to 12. They have not won since Mel Tucker was there coaching them against Richmond. So obviously this is their second best chance of a win of their remaining four games. They've got uh they've got Nebraska, then they're at Ohio State, then they're at Indiana, and then they've got Penn State. You might argue it's their best chance because they're at home. Maybe. Maybe it could be. I don't know where they're at. You've got to think, guys, though. You know, Nebraska's been through some seasons where, for various reasons, as the season wore on, that it was a little bit hard to be dialed in, interested, and I assume that same thing happened for the players. I've got to imagine, you know, maybe maybe they are a mentally tough group of guys. I can't imagine they're too enthusiastic about this season right now. They don't with even know who their quarterback coach. is. Yeah, with an interim coach, right. with a losing streak like this. Look, guys at, going into the portal. Guys, guys going into the portal at the middle of the season. Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, and, and look, it's it's not to say anything about the quality of of the team or anything like that, but it's hard to imagine that they're coming into this game in a place where if they if things go poorly early for them, that they're going to have the kind of the fortitude to step up and be like, let's win this one for the Gipper, right? It's it's really <laughs> it's really hard to imagine that. I could be wrong. I very much could be wrong. But for that reason, you say, man, if Nebraska can get ahead early in this game, look out. Look out. Um, but Michigan State hangs around. You're right. They're at home. This They might say, hey, this is our chance. Yep. This is our chance to be at a team that's looked at as a little bit hot right now in the Big Ten as well. So it's it's crazy what's happened there. And now, by the way, all their fans, they're not interested in the game because they're all on the Urban Meyer uh, rumor train mm-hmm. at this point. Which, by the way, I don't know. You think I think it's it'd possible? be a pretty empty stadium on Saturday. Yeah. We should check StubHub and see what you what the get-in price at East Lansing is. Also, to your question, game. no. No to what? Urban Meyer. Are you sure? Like, I know you kind of just... I don't know. Thought, no, stop it. I don't know. This, I, you just fired a coach for, um, you know, perverted actions, and you're going to end up hiring uh, Urban Meyer, who, after his team lost... Fair his, enough. Uh, don't let him in any of the Applebee's. Fair enough. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of... Uh, Applebee's, Chili's at airports, and so forth. Michigan State, statistical ranks. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> what an intro. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. To- <laughs> uh, total offense, 111th. Rushing offense, 113th. Passing offense, 86th. Passing efficiency, 117th. Scoring offense, 125th. Those are your offensive statistics. And they are tied with... You think Nebraska turns it over a lot? Nebraska and Michigan turn it over the exact same amount. 
Michigan State. Excuse me, Michigan State and Nebraska turned it over the exact same amount. Guys, um, man, it's that looks like a big mismatch on that side of the ball. A big mismatch on that side of the ball. We're potentially right a true now. freshman and Sam. Is it Leave It, Levitt? Do we know um, how it's pronounced, Caleb? I don't know. I, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Um, I would say Levitt, but uh, I could, you know, some people could say Leave It. I have no idea. It is Anyways. spelled L E A V I T T. Yeah. So. Anyways, freshman Sam could be your starter, uh, and that is, it's interesting, and I I wrote about this for for Husker 24-7 a little bit, we still haven't seen a quarterback that just runs a lot, uh, and he, his, the best part of his game is his ability to run right now, and so uh, that could be a thing that keeps Michigan State in it if he's able to spark a few big scrambles, big runs, um, you know, because it doesn't seem like anything else is working well. Uh, for the Spartans. They have not announced who their starting quarterback is. No. Um, so, and he's played two games, and it sounds like they would prefer to redshirt him. So it's possible that you don't throw him against uh, Ohio State and Penn State, and you let him play against Nebraska and Indiana. So Noah Kim started at the beginning of mm-hmm. the year, and, and he was their quarterback, and he still leads them in attempts and yards and, and all of that stuff. He was at 56.9 completion percentage, six touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, but in, in reading up a little bit on what happened with Michigan State, I mean, he basically lost his his starting job, but they were playing the other guy. They were playing this Hauser guy. Yep. Um, was Michigan State. And so he's 51 for 89 this year, 57%, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Remarkably similar statistics, actually, to, to Noah Kim for this whole thing. So the third guy who's played the least is the one that you're talking about. And though, they benched the Hauser during the game last week against Minnesota. Right. And so uh, Levitt is a freshman from Oregon, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from Oregon, 6'2", 200. And, I mean, it's hard to... You know, act like you really know anything about him because he's, he's only played, played three games. He's played three games, so he would be playing in his last game yep. if he plays again. He got two uh, two two attempts passing Maryland. He got in at the end of the Michigan State game, it looks like, or the Michigan game, I should say, and then went uh, eight for twelve. Played a little bit more extensively against uh, against Minnesota in the last game. That Minnesota game, he had six carries for fifty two yards yep. for eight point seven. So. Had a couple of couple of decent decent runs there. That's not it for the injuries, though, for Michigan State as well. Uh, wide receiver Trey Mosley, who is their second leading wide receiver, I believe as well. He's day to day, but Michigan State's coach said it's in doubt. Uh, and then also their tight end, one of their tight ends, Malik Carr, also injured. Said I'm not sure about this week, day to day as well. And so they could be losing two of their receiving. Um, uh, receiving threats there as well. Mosley is the second leading receiver. Carr is the fourth leading receiver as well. So, in addition to a basically non-existent tailback running game, they might be out uh, with two of their four. Look, well, I guess you could say the same thing about Nebraska, though, couldn't you? Uh, running back wise, their top uh, rusher is Nathan Carter. Four point three yards a carry, six hundred nine yards this year. He's got four touchdowns. They've struggled on the ground. I mean, remember this guy, Jalen Berger. Remind me. He was a really talented uh, four-star that ended up at Wisconsin, was supposed to be the next big thing for the Badgers. 
then hopped in the portal after Kenneth Walker tore up America at Michigan State. Yeah. And he's proceeded to do very little. Wow. I do. I did remember the name. Uh, Michigan State better on defense statistically. 54th overall total defense. Uh, 42 in the nation in rushing defense. 75th in passing yards allowed. 99th in team passing efficiency. At, well, that puts them overall 82nd at scoring defense. Not getting a ton of turnovers, though. Again, uh, 120th in turnover margin. So they're giving it away a lot, not getting a ton. Red zone defense is 26, so they're, they're pretty decent. So, so they're what in terms of rushing? Um, in rushing offense? Rushing defense. Right, r- rushing defense, they are 42nd, giving up 126 yards per Which game. Which is wild because they just gave up 200 yards on 40 carries to Minnesota's fifth string running back yeah. last weekend. So you have to imagine they were even better yeah. before that game. So. It's going to be a question. Man, we're everybody talking so much about taking the under in Iowa games. Holy cow. Again, it's kind of hard to imagine this being a real scoring explosion either. Um, because Michigan State's defense will be, they'll be, they'll be okay. They'll be, they'll be all right. Uh, but. Uh, Michigan State's offense, unless you're right, unless it's that quarterback run becomes mm-hmm. a thing we haven't seen Nebraska right. against, uh, to the extent that we have seen them against quarterbacks that can run a little bit. Ethan Kalikmanis, uh, Sanders for Colorado, they hurt Nebraska Altmeyer. in those areas. Yeah, he Altmeyer ran a little, a little bit. bit, I guess. Altmaier a little bit as well. Not a lot, but a little. And and it, the other thing is, Card didn't necessarily run against Nebraska, but one thing I noticed is he was. He was really, he was just really good in the pocket, sort of feeling pressure and and avoiding. There could have been a lot more sacks than there were. Nebraska had pressure on him on seemingly every play. Right, like he he was extending a lot of plays with his legs, not necessarily picking up yards. But then, I mean, he the the one offensive touchdown they had was by virtue of him extending that to the sidelines and then yes. being able to drop that. pass. I was just impressed with his yeah. ability to to feel pressure and if it felt like there could have been a lot more sacks in that game. He feels like a quarterback were. that. Uh, you know, if Nebraska's going to go into the portal next year, they need to probably find a version of a Hudson Card type guy. Yeah. I mean, that's little that feels like a little bit of running. If you have yeah. that guy running your offense and your your defense is playing really well, I, you you feel pretty good about it in the Big Ten West. Yeah, uh, Michigan State also penalized a ton. <laughs> Hundred uh, twentieth in uh, penalty. Like you just start laughing in penalty yards and uh, and and you know a team that's having all these changes. It's not surprising with that as well. So that's where Michigan State is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much more guys to say about that. Uh, Mike, anything else to add? Just about who who that who this team is and and uh, you know you kind of know the Michigan State style. I assume it's going to be kind of what it has been. Uh, a lot sort of pro style yeah. running game. It's it's hard to know. I mean, I I don't anticipate they're going to be dramatically different in terms of what they try to do, but it, it's also what they've tried to do has not worked. So it's you know, and they, the one thing about a game like this is you want to feel a lot of confidence. You want to feel like Nebraska's defense should be able to go up to East Lansing and just hand it to them and everything else. But you also know from experience sometimes these teams are you know cornered animals and they just come out firing and catch a few things and you have a bad day like i nebraska has to take this game really seriously i think matt rule has been stressing that throughout um and i i anticipate michigan state in the first half is going to keep it closer than what we would like Hmm. uh to see i don't i don't know that nebraska is gonna be able to run away and hide um and i i find myself mostly curious you know if they go with that young quarterback how that looks if they just kind of let him Kind of like Harburg, the first few games where it's just like he's sort of just out there playing, 
and what that sort yes, of looks like yeah. for Michigan State. Because I, you know, if he's just running around and making things happen, extending plays, yep. and you know, it, it's not like Nebraska's defense is is so good it can't be beat. Yeah. Uh, Mich- here's here's a challenge uh, trivia game to play with your friends when you're watching the game. Name Michigan State's head coach for this game. I uh, I can only do it because I'm looking directly at the you. screen. His his name is Harlan Bennett. Uh, he was the one who who took over. They're also using Mark D'Antonio, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, former Michigan State coach as well. He's been working with them, and Harlan Bennett is a secondary coach. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Oh wow! <laughs> it's, I mean, so this this feels a little bit feels a little bit different than the Northwestern situation where we're talking about hey, is Northwestern going to stick with this guy that they've got being their head coach. Nobody's saying that at Michigan State no. at this point. They're obviously going a, a different direction, which also adds a little bit of a different feel to the Northwestern situation versus the Michigan State situation right now and what the remainder of the uh, of the season means. All right, guys, it's time for everyone's favorite portion. It's when I explain how a 1920s journalism guy made up the nickname, and wouldn't you know it, that is exactly what <laughs> happened once again with Michigan. So, in 1925, Michigan State College replaced the name Michigan Agricultural College. The college, as colleges were wont to do at that time, sponsored a contest to select a nickname to replace Aggies. They used to be the Michigan Agricultural College Aggies. And the contest winner was the Michigan Staters. The Michigan Staters was the... okay. Best they could come up with the contest contestants in 1925. So the, you know, I don't hate it. Michigan State. The nickname is actually Staters. Yeah, but then the question Michigan becomes: State, Is it the Michigan State Staters? Yeah, it would be the Michigan State Staters. Very centurions of them. It's it's very. I don't know. I I wouldn't have liked it either. And neither did George Alderton, the then sports editor of the Lansing <laughs> oh. State Journal. Well, if you lose George, you're losing me. George said that name. That name is too cumbersome for the newspaper writing, and he decided to find a better one. He contacted Jim Hasselman of Information Services to see if entries still remained from the contest. So this journalist is like, "You guys screwed this contest up so much that I'm going to call into the college and say, "Hey, do you guys?" Still still have a box of the written down names that everyone else submitted so I can go through it and just start calling them the one that I like more than that. When he was informed they still existed, he went through them and ran across the name of the Spartans and he decided that was the best one. Unfortunately, Alderton forgot to write down who submitted that particular entry, so that part of the story is still a mystery <laughs> at that point. Nobody knows who wrote down because the uh, the the journalist air quotes forgot to actually get the story of who wrote this thing uh, down. He, he wanted the credit. Yes. Uh, so he first used the name sparingly, did Alderton, and then ventured into the headlines with it. Incidentally, after two days of spelling the name incorrectly with an O, where I'm trying to figure out where he put the O, Mister Mr. Alderton changed it on a tip from a close friend. This Alderton Alderton guy was not a good. He was not winning any, you know, Peabodys or anything, <laughs> Mike, or any uh, any journalism awards here. Uh, Dale Stafford, a sports writer for the Lansing Capital News, a rival of the State Journal, picked up the name for his paper after a couple of days. Alderton called Stafford and suggested he might want to join the Spartan Parade, and he did. 
Uh, Do you want to join the Spartan Parade? As Mr. Alderton wrote, no student, alumnus, or college official had called up the editor to complain about our audacity in giving the old school a new name, so we ventured into the headlines with it. Happily for the experiment, the name took. It began appearing in other newspapers, and when the student publication used it, that clinched it. That is how... I mean, 1920s... The journalists were just willy-nilly. It was a free-for-all. Willy-nilly deciding they're going to call the team whatever they want. I think I'm just going to try to see if I can bring that back in the 2020s. I really would love to see one of yeah somebody yeah. just say, this is what I call these guys, you know, and, and just pick something and say I like it better and just see if people start referring to it because that's how it always happened in the 20s. Yeah. That's what journalism was then. The 20s are back. All right. Day 28, we've got Kevin Suits going to join us coming up next. You are listening to the Friday Hester Tailgate on KLIN. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is 8.32, and... A man who has been very busy in a couple of ways with state volleyball going on. Kind enough to grace us with his presence before he gets another big day of state volleyball going. Mr. Kevin Suits, 1011. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing today? Good morning. A little sleepy. Yeah. yeah. Happy to be here. But between uh, covering and watching uh, state volleyball, it's it's been busy. How's it been over there at Pinnacle Bank Arena it's with those fun. games? I mean, Two courts run in, right? Yeah. And, you know, the first day, sometimes in the quarterfinals, there's some disparity between the teams and top seeds win not exactly dramatic you get that more in the semifinals in the finals the first day was outstanding there was even i think it was the three o'clock time slot both of those courts running simultaneously were each in set five and really talented teams it was uh that was the time session that Malcolm was playing in and they went five against Pierce and then Gothenburg was on the other court and they went five like it was some pretty exciting volleyball just to start the tournament so it really set the tone yesterday wasn't as dramatic it was a little bit more to form with classes C2 D1 and D2 and then today it's semifinals starting at 9 a.m. and running all day and you know even that first day the games didn't get done till 10 30 at night Mm -hmm. it's a full day of volleyball yeah yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I hear about uh, all the buzz when Heinrich Harburg and Harper Murray walked in to watch Carney Catholic and watch uh, Harburg siblings there play for Carney Catholic. So. Can I say this? This isn't new that Heinrich goes to support his sisters. Right, like right. I have seen him at so I I don't think there's a Nebraska athlete, not just football player, but a Nebraska athlete that I see more just out and about than Heinrich really? Harburg. And part of it is because he has a sister that's the same grade as my daughter. Mm-hmm. So there was even. The conference track and field meet. Heinrich was over off on the side, and after every jump that uh, she made, she would go over and talk to mom and Heinrich. And uh, yeah, we cross paths all the time. So I know everybody was freaking out. Oh, Heinrich's there. Like, no, he's everywhere. He's a, he's a guy that really loves his family, and he's at all his sisters. After the there. Illinois game, there's a photo of him in the, the gym watching his sisters playing, like, what? Probably five hours after they got back at three in the morning. Yeah, that's right. There's like a 
10 a.m. start for a triangular, and he was at it. No, that was yeah. the conference tournament. Was it, the, was it the conference tournament? Yeah. And it was in the championship match that uh, the Harbor girls played my daughter in the, the, the Centennial Finals. He likes to, to, on the track meets, he likes to impart some of the knowledge Caleb shared with him uh, over there at, at Kearney. Well, and, I tried to get him to come throw, and they wouldn't let me have him, so I didn't I didn't get to coach him a whole lot. Yeah, an interesting alternate world if Caleb had won that argument and exactly what's happening. Would the interceptions be down? We don't know if that would. <laughs> well, that here's, would the the here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't do, we'll never know. You can't throw the shot put or the discus from that arm slot, so I think there would, <laughs> I think there would have been something could else you, going on. Could you have done the, the, like the javelin with Dan Quisenberry type situation there, and whoop, I was thinking there. like if the javelin was a thing here, how good Harburg would be at it. Yeah, he he would be very good. Yeah, actually. well, just physically how he's put together, and it's because yes, yeah. how he's put together the the ideal body type you want. So if, if people aren't familiar with looking at particular. Like you look at throwers and you go, oh, those are bigger guys. Javelin throwers, they look a lot more like jumpers. Mm-hmm. They look a lot more like Heinrich Harburg, and that his size and his his arm, how strong his shoulder is, how long his arms are, he would have been a phenomenal javelin thrower. It's fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah, thanks for enlightening. Caleb, enlightening. javelin. You need to to figure out in the off season some sort of field that you can take a javelin to and see how far Heinrich Harburg can throw it with no training. Go to his house. I mean, they've got all sorts of space, and they got a shed over there. I mean, that's where I think Hydra could be a real javelin guy. Yeah, I, I've still got one in storage at home. I'll make sure I bring it by. Oh, Caleb. this has to happen. Caleb will just sit. He'll throw, have a good throw, and Caleb will shake his head, and he said, what could have been? For and then you else? get, like, three of his teammates that claim that they can throw it further, and then this becomes a whole thing. Yeah. It'd be great. It's the same javelin that Andreas Thorkelson had, so it's a good one. All right, good to know. Good, good for all of you to not have any idea who in the world no, that is. We're just all <laughs> nodding along and looking at each other. Who is that? Uh, he, he was an uh, Olympic gold medalist. Sure, my he's, one of my top five he's one javeliners. Of the, one, one of the best throwers. Javelinas. Several years back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, good. Javelinas. <laughs> enough, ja- enough javelin talk, Caleb. We'll do it again next <laughs> okay, year. Okay, sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, uh, thoughts? I mean, I don't know. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Early turnovers that look like they're going to be backbreakers, and yet Nebraska's teetering on blowing out an opponent uh, after all is said and done. It's it's just it's a bizarre season at this point. I'm curious your thoughts after the uh, Purdue game. They're winning, Jack. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can sit here and dissect these not-so-pretty wins uh, all you want, but they're on the brink of bowl eligibility, and we're just starting November. That's that's amazing. And I heard you guys earlier talking about the possible, you know, guaranteed rate bowl, and, and now Nashville is popping up on a possible mm-hmm. destination for the postseason. I know Mike smiles at that uh, opportunity. <laughs> so it, it's like you're here, and through all the muck, there have been wins, mm-hmm. and for the past several years, there have been close games and not wins. So right. it's it's. It's just a different experience for some fans. I even had a friend of mine who texted me and said, I think they're going to lose out. I said, what are you talking about? Wait, when? When did this? This week? This week. Yeah. So I think they're going to lose out. And I, I go, how could anybody say that? And I came to the realization that this is the psyche of a Nebraska football yes. fan. Yeah. That you just assume the absolute worst. And it reminded me of the Matt Rule quote several weeks ago where he said, that's the problem with Nebraska football. Right? It looks at the past. And I that was my response to to my friend was, this is a new era. Like, what what makes you believe that they're going to all of a sudden start losing close games? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just, 
it's it's a different we don't know how to handle ourselves they're winning <laughs> right they won three in a row which hasn't happened in several years we know that uh and, and now there's some opportunities out in front of them in the month of november and so i think some people just don't know how to behave in this moment right the, the obviously the defense continues to lead continues to play well are you still learning things about them are you still seeing things about them and and why they've been so effective uh as you as you shoot and watch these games kevin i don't think we're learning like why they're being effective i think that's stays the same with the 3-3-5 defense and Tony White is a really good coach. What we're learning though is about the individual skill sets of some of the guys. Some of these guys continue to pop off. The young guys, Cam Linhart, uh, Princewell, Uman Mielin, uh James Williams still getting back on the right. field last week. So th- you're just tr- starting to see and getting a better feel for the way that the coaches are utilizing the players and what their skill sets are. Oh, he's a good pass rusher, not as good against the, uh, against the run. So mm-hmm. I guess that's my answer to the question. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw this again out there to, to everyone and the results don't lie. Three wins, but like, it, it, what what chance do you give Nebraska throughout the rest of the season now? I mean, what do you think they're likely to do when you look at Michigan State on the road, Maryland at home, Wisconsin on the road, and Iowa at home? Are we still of the thought that they could lose or win any single one of these games? Because I think we all said that earlier. You still feel that way? Yeah, I think it's still possible that they could lose any of these games and they could win all of them. Um, None so of I, those outcomes are unreasonable. Yeah, I think I I think we're I don't view uh, this week and next week as a coin flip in the way that I probably did a couple weeks ago. It's probably moved more okay. to where my expectation is for Nebraska to win them. The last two games are 100% still in coin flip territory okay. for me. Um, regardless of what Wisconsin has in terms of offense, if Braylon Allen is out and their other top running back is out as well. So, um, you know, it's just... I, a lot of it to me is teams have now had a lot of film of Heinrich Harburg. We saw Purdue come up with the most unique way to defend him at this point, but it still leaves you susceptible to the deep pass. And I just don't know. Like, Nebraska's got a backup quarterback, a four-string running back, backup offensive lineman, and they're still winning football. They won by 17 mm-hmm. against Purdue. Like, I just I feel like they're going to be able to take care of business against Michigan State and Maryland. I think they're going to give themselves opportunities against Iowa and Wisconsin. Kevin, like, you had to have a catastrophic few minutes to give up those 14 points, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of past the point where I'm doubting their ability to go win football games. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm asking. Are you are you sold? <laughs> it, it's they hard. just keep doing it's it. It's just it's- hard because they're so... Turnover prone. I mean, that's that's the bottom yeah. line. They're so turnover prone. But it's the, hard to believe it'll keep working. But the turnovers are offset by the defense because yeah. I think that's what you're saying, Mike. Is that that defense? They're not going to lose you games. If anything, they're going to win you a game, or they're going to keep it really close where you have a chance to win the game. And so I I'm, I totally agree with you yeah. that I I I think the expectation is there now that they will win a close game. And I think Matt knew Matt Rule knew that from the very beginning. He always said, we got to win in the fourth quarter. We're going to be in close games. I think he knows deep down inside, like they don't have the roster to just roll the ball out there and win by 30 points. They're going to try to play games close. A little bit like Tim Miles basketball back in the day. Oh, wow. You know, like they knew that they couldn't run anybody off the court. Mm -hmm. But if you slow it down, you control the ball a little bit, you hit some timely shots, you make your free throws, you're going to be in it at the end, and you hope that Terran Petaway makes a play at the end to win you the game. Nebraska's defense is Terran Petaway. 
Yeah. Never thought you'd hear that on the no, show. Never, it's been a big day for comparisons. I forgot what Jax was earlier that, that we immediately just... What was your comparison earlier? I don't even remember. Oh, it was to American Idol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, that was when we were saying that, yes, they give a scholarship to the... Uh, Matt Rule stands at the end of the hundred uh, Class A 100 do, meter Do you feel dash. like they should do that? So Jalen Lloyd, obviously the fastest man in the state the last couple of years, didn't have an offer until Matt Rule got here, gets offered, scores that touchdown on Saturday. So I was thinking... They should just give whoever wins a hundred meter, like the best time across your your classifications, should just get a scholarship offer. Why not? Just throw him out there. He can be a belly option wide receiver for you, or a, spe- uh, a special teams gunner. Yeah, like throw pads on him, let him beat everybody down the field, and hope that he can you can train him to make a tackle in space. As he often does, Kevin said something that made me think of something else. I regret not giving a helmet sticker to Lineham um, for just collectively Lynham. kicking. But on the uh, yeah, as a gun, like he has been fantastic. Yeah. Like I find myself kind of like the Chancellor Brewington crackback blocks. I find myself excited to watch him on punts. Like I'm watching, <laughs> I'm not even watching Buscini kick anymore. I'm cheating on Buscini. No, I, I no, moved what, from Buscini to to line him. Yeah, as what far we're as watching are we're watching how far does Phelan Sanford run down because yeah. he's going to get in front of it in case he needs to down it, and then going, oh, it's not going to be at the goal line. Where's Lineham? Yeah, like yeah. is he going to go hit this guy? The split second after he catches it. Talk about someone who has not had the career that he's probably hoped for, but is making the most of every single rep that he gets. And then you you extrapolate that to the defense as a whole, and that's kind of what Nebraska feels like. It's like these guys, when they get out there, and they might only get five plays, those five plays they are going to max as much as they can. And that's what the staff has asked for. I saw this just yesterday. The amount of individuals on Nebraska's defense that have a tackle for loss this year. Have you seen this? It's like 16 I said it guys. was 30 because I couldn't remember the number. It is 23. It's 23. We Jack it up was today. able to name all of them. All of them, really? Uh, it took a while, there but were we a couple got through all of there, them. But yeah. That's I, incredible. Yeah. What, what would be the average of any That's a great question. Team? I wondered. I think Nebraska six? had six players last year that had tackles for a loss. Yeah, I think that and would nobody be nobody higher number. than five and a half. Oh, my goodness. Well, like, let's see. For for int- for um, for example, I have got. Uh, let's see if I've I can have it pulled up here. Uh, no, I don't have that. ESPN doesn't do tackles. I, for they loss. don't do tackles for loss. You I usually have say, to go to the school. I had it pulled um, up. Stats. I had Michigan State, so I was just going to look. Um, Michigan State, for instance, has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen guys with sacks. So well, maybe it is higher that, than we that's, thought. But. Yeah, that 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 shocks me. But a lot of yeah. times, you know, the tackle. Are we completely sounding like idiots here? Mike's no, laughing. No, no, I, I'm <laughs> laughing because of the, like just the idea that there's a stat where Michigan State looks somewhat adequate. Yeah, like, well, that shocks me. Okay, how's about this? Michigan, who at times maybe even knows what the call is, has 22 guys on their team with tackles for loss. Okay. So maybe it's not that crazy. I thought well, you guys were going to be. Well, no, I, I actually think what Caleb's speaking to is it is that crazy. Yes, yes, it is because Michigan is maybe the best defense in the country. Right I see now. what you mean, right? And, and certainly with and, the extra help that and cheating, got. obviously, yeah, with the cheating that 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 plays in as well. That, that it's it's uh, it is and and again, you like trying. We, I went through and I named them during one of the breaks just because it was we were having fun, we were trying it, but. You forget how many guys are on this defense and contributing every game. Like you just you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. He's Iowa on, has sixteen. Oh okay, all right. Like Blaze Gunnerson, to your point, Jack. Like Blaze Gunnerson yeah. hasn't had a great last couple of weeks, but it's okay. It's not like they're dropping yeah. off because one of their season opening starters has cooled off a little bit. The no, Prince, instead you get Prince. Just exactly. Prince will just exploding through and becoming even better than you expected as a freshman. 
And I'll yep. use this opportunity to, again, bang the table and say, Isaac Gifford is so stinking good. <laughs> yeah, I know he's not playing up front and we're talking about tackles for loss, but some of the he freedom <laughs> this week. I, like, Isaac Gifford is just so good. Just a great tackler. His knowledge of the game continues to impress me week after week after week. And I would have never guessed, given the fact that they were returning defensively, the guys on the edge and Hartzog and Newsom, and then you had Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich in the middle. Like, I, it, from for me, Gifford's the defensive MVP. Yeah, over the, over uh, Hutmaker. Hutmaker. Yes, it's uh, one yes. of those two. I'm going with Isaac Gifford. I think that he has been that valuable to the defense. I and, think they're the one two. Like those are the oh, yeah. top two players. And, and so I've had this conversation a lot. Who do you think is the third best player on Nebraska's Ooh. defense? Well, if Luke Reimer would have stayed healthy all the way through, I'd mm. probably put him in there Newsom. as well. I, I think I'd go Ty Robinson. Okay. Oh, Robinson. Hey, I mean, he was big on Saturday. Statistically, it doesn't show up, but he gave you, I think, 50, 60 snaps. I mean, he's constantly drawing double teams. I can I can go with that. Jamari Butler was Jamari Butler. given to me by Matt uh, McMaster. And when I started thinking about it, like Jamari Butler's had a really yeah. nice October. He's a really good month. You just say uh, he's, what, second on the team in TFLs? He's number one. He's number one on the team in Butler TFLs. Butler is? Huh. So... Um, when I had looked. But it's fun because when you have this conversation, you suddenly realize, right. oh, there's like nine guys yeah. that could be the third best. Def- no wonder they're so good. You, you know? could say like, Newsom. Then it, clicks, then it makes sense. Newsom, Robinson. I mean, Bullock's been solid. At I that mean, point, you're just naming the whole defense. I mean, it's at true. times, Singleton was one of their best players before mm-hmm. he got hurt. Omar Brown has been very good for them. Like, <laughs> you know, and they haven't Tommy Hill a, can't stop taking the ball away. They haven't played a single game with Marquise Buford this year. Right. No. You know how you, you know how people will sit around and just name old baseball players? You can do that with just this Nebraska defense. <laughs> <laughs> just sit at, a, sit at a barroom table and name random people from this defense for a half hour. Is this There's the, that many people on it. Is this the fans' favorite Nebraska defense since 2010? Yeah, since two thousand nine. There would be since two thousand nine. Yeah, I don't. Well, really twenty well, twenty ten was still really good. I mean, twenty ten. Yeah. You still had Crick. You still you had yeah. Levante David. Well, Crick David, That's Prince of Mukamara, Alfonso Dennard. All right, fair enough. That's a team that held I, I, uh, Oklahoma to three points. Landry yeah. Jones, like you said, yeah. guys just sitting around naming old players. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know who else. I don't know who else you would even compare. Uh, what other defense you would compare? I think people really have emotionally become attached to this team because they are just grinding these games out. Mm-hmm. And as I often have felt, people around here want defensive-oriented football as much as as much as everybody loves when you have a scoring explosion. Fans in Nebraska would prefer if you have to pick to have your defense be the better side of the ball. I always have felt that, and it feels like it shows up whenever they have teams like this even more. So jokes on everybody who cheered when Bill Callahan started with the tight formation in his first play, <laughs> and then he spread everybody out, and the plays went crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that was fun in the moment. I, yeah. uh, I was just, now you got me curious, Kevin. I, I looked it up. The 2010 defense was ninth in the nation in total team defense. The 2009 was number one in right. the nation in, in total defense. So Were they, they allowed like 11 points a game in it's 2009? 10.4 10. in 2009 points per game. And then that 2010 team was ninth in the nation. They were averaging 17.4. So um, I think Nebraska and I think right a bowl now, game really bumped that up for them, too, a little bit. Like, didn't um, they get just boat raced in that bowl game was against it? Washington? 20, oh, yeah, they played Washington. Yeah. That was, it was a game that nobody Talk about, about a forgettable Nobody game. wanted to watch it. Nobody, like, it was just like a... 
Yeah. Nobody cared about that game. Well, yeah. and you talk about those two defenses between 09 and 10 and compare them to the defense right now. Right. Is anybody like nobody on this defense is going to get all America recognition, right? Yeah. Like when you so when you compare to to, Who will get, will to anybody, those guys, like to to those two rosters, that that's the part where it's like there's no one else to look at between right. then and now, and the, the the fans have obviously embraced this defense, and a big part that that you said, Mike, is they're just grinding it out. It's a good question. How many of these guys will get all conference recognition? Uh, I would imagine Gifford, Hutmaker for sure. Newsom, Newsom, Newsom. But they don't throw at Newsom enough. His stats aren't very that. They're they're not great. Well, I think that's the part though. When it when it comes to the coaches' vote on that, maybe not the media, but I think the coaches Mm -hmm. recognize who they're game planning to not throw it towards. It's a good point. So, so I think there's the potential that he sneaks in on the coaches, doesn't get it from the media. Interesting. Um, Nebraska's scoring defense this year. They are twenty first. In the nation at this point, giving up eighteen point two five. So forty five to Michigan. Yeah, forty five to Michigan. Yeah. So about a point, a point behind that twenty ten defense in terms of points per game. If you're kind of wondering where it places, but it's in the conversation, I think, with both of those as well. All right, it's eight fifty one. We'll take a break. The picks. I had a big weekend last weekend. Still in last place, but I had a big weekend, and I keep stringing those together, and you never know what's possible. That's what they're saying. Say fifty one. We'll take a break. You're listening to Friday Oscar Tailgate on KLIN. Bracky rights mean everything to these guys. So, let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pickskin Picks of the Week. Brought to you by Exchange Bank on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, as I mentioned, I had a big week last weekend. Uh, I got five points last week. Thank you to the upset. West Virginia got an outright upset. Closes on Nebraska, Arizona. Kevin also got five, but it doesn't feel like as big a deal for some reason. Uh, Kevin, uh, that, that, that puts him into a tie for first place. He got, Not a big deal. He got a, cup, he got a point. for. By the way, good call on Rice. You got a point for the Rice cover. The Luke McCaffrey pick almost won it. I got an outright win. Nobody else got an upset there. So standings now. Caleb in first. He got four last week. Uh, Kevin uh, tied for first. He got five last week. Mike one point behind. He got three last week. And I right behind with 28, four points behind Mike after getting five last week. So again... (laughs) So you'd need to repeat his big week. Lot. Kevin would not score at all, and then they could be tied. Obviously, a lot of concern right now about stringing more of these together. All right, let's get into the picks this week. I don't know. Maybe this is a bad one to put on, but it feels like something weird might happen. Notre Dame at Clemson. Caleb, who do you have in this hey, one? Go Irish. Going Notre Dame. Kevin, you want the upset here? Is it Dabo time? No, I got Notre Dame, too. I'm just excited to see who Dabo yells at this week. Yeah. He went after some fans on the, uh, the call-in on the show, co- I believe. Uh, Kevin in Spartanburg, I think, or yeah. something. I don't know if it was Kevin. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the uh, the Irish as well. You can have this one by yourself, Jack. All right, fine. Chasing. I'll take Clemson in this one. Dabble gets it done. Uh, Kansas State at Texas. Caleb? Let's go with Texas here. I'm going to go with the Horns as well. I started reading more about this, and I almost leaned Kansas State. I just can't do it. Man. Texas really needs to get in the Big 12 championship game. Welcome. Uh Kansas State looks ridiculous right now. They are running the ball at will. They got the best offensive lineman in the country, oh, probably. You're going to fall so far and behind. The Don't cat, do it. I've been a Power Cat fan my entire life. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm every man a Wildcat. Yes. All right. Game number three into the Big Ten. Illinois at Minnesota. The entire nation will be watching. Caleb, who you got? Gophers. 
I'll take my alma mater, ILL. Oh, that's why I put that one in there. All right, there you go, Mike. <laughs> Can I choose a different team? <laughs> Only those I, two I, are available. I, in I have no idea. I'm going to go Minnesota because they're at home, I'm, but I'm, I, it could be either. I'm going Minnesota, too. LSU at Alabama. Alabama. Kevin? Bama. Good. Last SEC night game on uh, CBS. Oh, wow. Sad. Here's where I try to make up slight ground on both Kevin and Caleb. I'll go LSU. Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep going with the upset thing. Give me LSU too. All right, LSU. All right. Upset. Well, congrats, you guys. Got upset of the week. Who you got, Caleb? <laughs> uh, well, last week Kevin decided to go with Luke McCaffrey. I'm gonna go hang out with Logan Smothers. Give me Jacksonville State plus the fifteen and a half at South Carolina. Ooh, oh, I kind of like that one. Mm. All right, Kevin. I'm going to the SEC, baby. And Vanderbilt getting twelve and a half against Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go where you All thought. All right, Commodore wow. Vandy. I haven't watched them since they played Hawaii in week zero. Okay. Yeah. There's a reason for that, <laughs> yeah. too, I think. Uh, I am going to go with Rutgers to uh, to keep it close. Not an outright win against Ohio State, but they will keep it close. I think 18 and a half. Okay. Uh, this line seems screwy to me. Uh, I'm taking BYU getting 13 points at West Virginia. I don't know. There's something weird about that whole thing. So wow, you I'll just fell BYU. in love with West Virginia, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and then I just turned my back on them. All right, Husker score. Caleb, who you got? Nebraska to win 24-10. Ooh. Kevin? I'll go with Nebraska as well. 31-13. All right. I'm going to split the differences between these, and we are going to go Nebraska 26, Michigan State 12. We're so close on these. I have this written down. It's similar to Kevin's. I got Nebraska 31, Michigan State 10. So very similar. Just one field goal different. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us, Kevin. Good luck at State Volleyball here today and throughout the weekend and with all the other stuff that I'm sure you have to do as well. Uh, Everyone else, have a great weekend. Make sure and catch the Huskers here on KLIN. Kickoff 11 pregame starting at 7. See you on Monday. It's 9 o'clock KLIN Lincoln. When you're thinking Huskers. Making a catch at the 10. 5. That is a touchdown. Nebraska. Think. 1499.3 KLIN.